Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, chapter 214. Crazy to think that we've made it this far. Um, really stoked for this one. Uh, joining me today on the podcast is good old Uncle Glenn, Glenn Jacobs. He is uh, co founder of World Trail. Um, he is basically an icon in the mountain bike industry. He's already been inducted into the mountain bike hall of fame, which is crazy to think. Um, and he just still keeps smashing out project after project. And, uh, I guess expanding the scope of what we all thought that mountain bikes could or would be, um, pretty cool timing. We talk a lot about e-bikes. Um, we're going over to Europe next week for the Stark thing. Glenn is all in. Um, on the e-bike thing and kind of seen how it's changed the the mountain biking industry we talk a lot about the early days in far north queensland um, and how being so isolated um, kind of bred this crazy level of creativity that ended up kind of emerging on the world stage in the form of like different styles of filming and different styles of writing um, so yeah, this is a, just an awesome podcast. Glenn's one of my favorite humans. Uh, and if anyone listened to the first of the podcasts that I did with Glenn a couple of years ago now, um, yeah, you'll be, you'll be stoked on this one as well. Uh, Maddie joined us, uh, for this one. He's going to sit in for a little bit, ended up sitting in for the, for the whole three hours. And yeah, it was just fun. It was just one of those really, really enjoyable podcasts to just sit down and hang with your mates for a few hours. So Hope you all enjoy this one. Um, but before we get into it, just a word from the sponsors that keep these lights on. Uh, the first one is by the guys at Manscaped, and it's a beautiful fall right now. And our friends at Manscaped want to make sure it's beautiful when your pants fall as well. Don't let the trees be the only thing dropping their excess leaves and give your trunk the look it deserves with the leaders in male grooming and their fourth generation performance package. Boys, get your baby makers ready for a cuffing season like no other and join the 4 million plus men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code GYPSYGANG. We've all experienced those problems um, when you're trying to shave these nuts, you get the little clip a little bit wrong um, and you end up leaking a bunch of blood. Uh, so let's let's not, that was graphic, I get it, but let's just avoid that now. There's an easy way um, to avoid that. Once again, 
you can just get the Manscaped fourth generation trimmer. Uh, this features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn on the LED spotlight um, and off when you need more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof as well. That's right, rain, shine, rain or shine, the Lawnmower 4.0 works to keep your apples crispy. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. Make sure you have the best package for your package and choose Manscaped. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. We are also brought to you by the legends at Crush Oz. Uh, and they have just introduced a new Lush Wet Lube. Uh, Crush's Wet Lube is a unique blend of essential friction-reducing oils, providing your drivetrain with the lush goodness it needs to survive the longest grinds and gnarliest weather conditions, penetrating deeper into your chain links with anti-corrosive load-carrying and anti-wear properties. Crush Lush Wet Lube will deliver super slick shifting, maximum component protection and significant uh, and a su- significant reduction in drivetrain noise. Our unique biodegradable Lush formula is the perfect way to protect your precious drivetrain components and be kind to the planet that we ride on. Uh, the guys at Crush are an incredible con- uh, company that is based here in Australia. Um, just head to crushoz.com um, for more information. But these guys have been amazing partners of ours um, for a really long time. Their products are absolutely fantastic. I use them on literally everything. Mountain bike, uh, the roadie, the car, the bikes, the whole deal. Um, and I'm super set up with their products as well. I've got the bike care bucket and I've also got their 20, um, their 20 liter drum of bike wash. So it's just, when you really invest in this line of products, it just takes one thing just completely out of your mind, uh, when it comes to looking after your bike. So crush Oz again, guys, um, one of our amazing sponsors. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. Um, they have Australia's largest parts and accessories range online. Uh, and if you order before 2 p.m., you get same-day shipping. These guys have been valuable partners of ours for years now. Um, and they just kill it. They are the best at what they do. Uh, just gives you the best service um, that you can get, really. Um, we're also brought to you by the guys at Boost Oz. You can head to boost.com.au. Do away with those contracts that just tie you down. Um, you can pretty much do everything at Boost. You can buy one of their refurb phones. Uh, you can use their 240 gig data plan, which basically I just do one of them a year. Um, and the whole phone thing is just kind of something I don't have to think about. And they're on the full uh, 4G network with Telstra. So boost.com.au. Uh, finally, we're brought to you by the guys at Fist Handware. You can head to fisthandware.com. Uh, they do shipping all over the world. Um, so wherever you are listening to this in the world, um, you can get yourself a pair of the best gloves in the world. They've just dropped chapter 18. They're dope. You might have seen our vlog featuring Casey Stoner. Um, that uh, that was featured, uh, or I guess sponsored by chapter 18. Uh, and also the guys at Rival Inc. You can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, these guys truly are leaders in the game when it comes to anything uh, anything aesthetic is, I guess, the way that I would put it when it comes to your dirt bike. Um, 
the best graphics in the game technologically speaking as well these guys really push the envelope uh, their service is insane the design team is insane jersey prints the whole deal rivalinkdesignco.com is your one-stop shop thank you very much uh to all our amazing sponsors thank you to all of our amazing listeners and viewers hello jace oh yeah that's good yeah hello <laughs> we good we rolling right all right, so we're in studio with the one, the only, Glenn Jacobs. And uh, joining us briefly for a little bit, for as long as he feels like it, is Matt. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is uh, Glenn's first time in the studio, but uh, technically third time on the podcast because yeah. we did two, two parts. A pub? Yeah, first? we did the pub for the brewery first. McAllister's, yeah. And then we did a res- like a resort. What was that about? Uh, Ricky, that was nice. Ricky. Oh, her yeah. fr- she was working there and then the friend did up so we did it there so and they the left first... all the food and beer in the fridge yeah for us remember yeah, oh, we, yeah we did we had some beers yeah so but very popular show people still uh, huh. send messages saying that it was a good one so we thought get Glenn back he's had a bit on lately bit on projects in Derby projects in Norway projects in everywhere so yeah. we're going to talk about it um, so yeah where should we start boys at the beginning Oh, <laughs> when you were born <laughs> you were there to film it weren't yeah you? yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the running joke when we were kids is that glenn filmed all of our births <laughs> and so many people actually believed it yeah and only a couple of people go well hang on why didn't why didn't their father film why, just because you had the camera i didn't think of it at that time <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious so that's how that's yeah. how long we go back. So uh, we, go we, back we should talk about the cape then, maybe first. I reckon we should talk about how Glenn has actually been integrated into our lives from the start. Because I know mm. I get a lot of people asking, you yeah, know, true. You're, you're so like heavily involved in the industry mm. that we are semi involved in, and it's kind of like this weirdest thing. But like for me, just to get straight to the point, for for me, like Glenn was kind of like the guy that showed me a way beyond like a nine to five a hundred percent like i think about it like glenn we speak a lot like yeah you know nearly every day basically but i every day like it crosses my mind where i'm like you know where did i where did this come from in my life and it was like with glenn i was like (laughs) you were just always so gnarly like with with mud cows and you know what you're doing in business and and Mm. it was so polar opposite to what we grew up in yeah 100%. as like kids and yeah I was, I was always so intrigued by like where's glenn what's he doing when will i see him again like all the time and it's like when we got to see you it was unreal you know <laughs> yeah. it was just like this this like the most amazing feeling and i think <clears throat> coming from a young age it's just cool to, i guess to share with people how mm. much you've like been a part of our lives and where it's come from so that's i think that's probably one of the best starting points. Yeah, definitely. I had a lot to do with Lizzie's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, yeah. it was great. Like, yeah, right. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it, it's true. Like, uh, I remember for me, yeah, you were probably the first person in my life that I saw 
that didn't have a nine to five job mm. essentially and was like because we were so ingrained in in the like, like everyone around us was just they'd work they'd yeah. go to yeah. work and especially being in cans yeah like yeah super small town and then mm. you were like the you're like the original kind of visionary for for us in a sense like that we didn't have a role model to look up to that kind of like did their own thing and you just forever and that i i mean there obviously there was a point before like world trail took off Mm. where you were just you were like ups and downs like most people that were like an entrepreneur you know like Mm, it, it wasn't just the first thing that you did hit and to like even for me going through the ebbs and flows of like my life with like filming and living in america just it always seemed like you were down to like as long as you got to live a certain lifestyle that you wanted to live like you never really felt the pressure of being normal conforming giving a fuck about what everyone else thought like you were designing tracks all over the world you had these inventions that you're working on and you were you're always doing stuff and you it seemed like you were always down to kind of not give a fuck what everyone else said and and just like chase your your dream which you know to fast forward now to world trail like it's insane yeah, it's just uh, fairly organic. Didn't have to work at it, I don't think, you know. And uh, I, it's, uh, I mean, I, everybody should do it, mm. you know. It's the best way. And you guys certainly do it now. I mean, you've you've created your own pathway. And a lot of people are doing it, you know. Mm. It's not... Uh, wasn't wasn't common, though, when you were doing it, especially where, no. you, where you were from, too, you know. Like, to be from Cairns, it was... Well, I guess you did get an apprenticeship, like, to go back even further, like your old school actual yeah. legitimate hand hand painted sign writer yeah so it's not like you didn't do that but as you went through the phases of your life like it, i guess that was never something that was super important to you is to like always have a job always. sort of rubbed you up the wrong way you know that, that style you know um of just yeah nine to five and it's just you know that it did you knew then it didn't work i, I certainly did you mm. know like well it's got to be something more to life than this and, um, you know, when you said ups and downs, when you have your downs, that's when your subconscious works the best mm. and, and it plans things for you in your life. And uh, we were just talking about it this morning, you know, like something bad happens to you mm. right there and then it's really bad. And, you know, all the boogeyman come out and that's just a bad thing. But in two years time, you look back at it and go, thank Christ that happened. Mm. I wouldn't be here now because your mind sort of lays out things for you you know so um yeah and then that's what probably happened you know you're sort of uh you know uh looking for something else subconsciously and uh you know i think rusty reese you know rusty's market yeah, yeah yeah rusty reese was probably the person that inspired me really yeah no yeah. Way. yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah i would have never thought that yeah because he went all over the world racing you know what did he race he, everything Really? Yeah, everything, yeah. I had no idea. You do some research on Rusty. Yeah, he was crazy. He was an innovator. And then other people like Vince Vlasov, you know, Vlasov K, you know, where we go on the jet skis out in the mm. reef. You know, he came up with the underwater observatory and the glass bottom boats, all his ideas, you know. People like that, you know, and you're from Cairns, you know, miles away from anywhere. But I think that also really helps a lot because when you're isolated – Good things come out of isolation. Yeah, yeah. You know, most of the time. Well, you either get like, it's it's almost extreme isolation just breeds extremes. Either yeah. like extreme innovation and, you know, mm. you kind of have got nothing to do. So you make something to do and it ends up being great or you kind of just go the other way and you end up yeah, being yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cans, when you look at it, you know, in my era... It took forever to drive from Brisbane to Cairns, you know. That was the only option too, it yeah. felt like. like yeah. I remember being a kid, I think I went on one plane to Brisbane with Nana when I was probably 
nine or ten. Yeah. One flight. It wasn't until I was 18 that I went on another huh. one. Which is crazy to think about now. It was too far to go anywhere. You yeah, know? Just, it was just never used to do it. And yeah. it wasn't anything. You know, Townsville was the closest. Yeah, which was... Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you're in a big city, you go out to satellite mm. play, you know, little towns and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And, you know, and there's more, you know, so many people, but Cairns are not that many people. Mm. So, yeah. So the ones that were amazing really stood out. Yeah. And okay, they're that the ones sense. that inspired, you know. So, yeah. so, there, so there was people before you that inspired you to live live that kind of life because mm. yeah i mean i think that was probably the big lesson that i took from you as a kid is that like oh you can actually not give a fuck what other people think mm. when they're small town and saying oh he's doing this mm. he's not mm. doing that he's not doing that and you were an example of a guy that just was like no nah, i'm just run my own program i'll yeah. kind of do what i want to do instead of being here doing what people like think i should be doing yeah it's dry comments you know like dry timber it just adds you to the fire you mm. know you're more of that negativity just makes the fire burn stronger you know so you keep on going and you go out looking you know finding stuff and uh it certainly happened like that yeah so didn't plan it yeah so when <laughs> when did you um what was what was like the so the the downhill thing was like the first break when you were doing the uci stuff mm. so then that did that kind of just to get the timeline right did that take you away from the sign writing stuff definitely and then that you were like okay that's the that's the move and then when that fell apart then you had to kind of like re rebuild from there yeah definitely yeah and uh it all happened within uh, you know a few months really i remember uh my bank manager came asked me to come and talk to him and he said you know uh he just seen something in the in the paper the local cans post and he goes look I see that you're always playing with this mountain bike thing, you know. Yeah. You're always playing mountain bikes. <laughs> Business isn't going so well, sign writing, you know. So you should, you know, make a choice, you know. you got to do something about this. And I've gone, yeah, I do. <laughs> he expected me to go, hey, I better give up mountain biking. And, and do the sign and, thing. Yeah, do the sign thing, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and uh, it was only a couple of months after that that I was offered the job with the UCI. So... It was an easy decision, you know. Dad always forward. said you only. <clears throat> Dad always said you only got involved with BMX because of Nicole Kidman. He <laughs> <laughs> used to drive you out the wall. He said, You're still playing with them BMX bikes. It's like they're mountain bikes. <laughs> How did Dad never like? So did Dad just fully miss the mountain bike thing? Like he just didn't want a bar of it? No, the bugger. We went camping. You, I mean, you know, that's weird. You got, to me. Like, ah, oh, yeah, they missed the boat. No, no. He, well, he didn't like it. He didn't think it was, you know. Yeah. I took it. We went riding. We were up in Goldsboro. We were all camping there. And I had my mountain bikes, you know. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah. And we're going up to Kearney Falls. There's a little track that goes up to Kearney Falls, you know. And he like, nah, nah. And I got him a bike. Get on this bike and everything. Like, well, let's go up here. This is how you do it. Come out. And the bastard went. But he's a natural. Yeah. And he just took off. He was better than anybody that we were riding with. But he just, he just sort of flogged it off and went, oh, it's just mountain bikes, yeah. And didn't touch them again for until now. But he was a good rider. He'd, he'd be good at whatever he he touched, you know. But yeah. uh, he loved his motorbikes that much that mountain bikes were not yeah. not really a thing, you know. But now it is, yeah. as in like you know, if you ride motorbikes, you also ride mountain bikes, you know, um, as a fitness thing. But no, he was, yeah, he should have. <laughs> I know he just fully missed the boat completely. He, he, yeah, though. he really should have, you know. And back in those days, you know, like uh, you know. Yeah, you know, uh, from my side of things with with the McAlpine family, you know, it, it was a thing, especially Christmas. Didn't want to miss out on coming out there and yeah. hanging around the pool and having a <laughs> swim, and 
You, know, you never pissed in the pool, bro. Not once. Not the eight hours. <laughs> it's crazy. In the pool. It's crazy of all those years you never pissed in the pool once. <laughs> Not once. Uh, you're safe yeah. for that. Yeah. No, but it's always been a good trip, and you know, like uh, you know, Pete and your mum and dad were were friends separate. You know, like before yeah. they got married and everything like that. So, um, so it's yeah, been a long pathway, and to see you guys come along too, and then, you know, um, hoping without telling you, hoping that you get to see the world, you know, mm. and not get caught up in sort of... It's just crazy to think now back that, yeah, and you were the only influence. Like, there was nobody else. But in my mind, there was just no way I was staying in Cairns. Like, it just was, It just didn't even... It didn't even cross my mind. And then I guess the, the second most influential thing was seeing what you did with the camera. Yeah. And to this day, it was funny... Um, two things that like link back to what we're talking about Shane come over the other day mm. and he said to me he's one of my best mates he's one of my jiu-jitsu coaches oh yeah and uh and he was like he said what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life and and I said probably when I got denied entry to the states because I just knew that was it like it was over mm. from that and I'd, I'd invested so much there and then but now if I look back at it that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, which goes back to what you're saying, you know, like yeah. that sometimes it's the worst thing in your life that ends up being the best thing. But then probably the, the, then probably the best thing that ever happened to me was just randomly buying a camera. And I have yeah. no fucking idea what possessed me to do it. Really? Still to this day, like I remember driving, um, it was when I was working for Stroke and I remember driving, and just being like, fuck, I've got to quit. Like, I hate it here so much and I've got to do my own thing. And then I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a camera. Like, <laughs> YouTube's, YouTube's going to be a thing here soon. Yeah. Like, But if it was, I don't think if it was for you doing what you did and us growing up, like, because we were so obsessed with those those films and then just, mm. I guess just films in general, like with crusties and stuff like later on. But yeah, so mm. it's like to, to think about the influence that you had from the the travel and just being your own boss and not really caring what other people thought and just mm. fully running your own show and then the camera like i re i really just kind of took so much from from that and it's you know, it set me up to do everything that i've done which is crazy yeah and and like the the whole camera thing is, is right from the start you know don't take yourself too seriously mm. just have fun and film lifestyle and film what's happening around you you know not the way it's already set up mm. you know it's and funny we were me and Jace were talking about this the other day, like with Instagram, we're like, it, it used to, it's funny. Like I was in the scroll hole quite some time ago and I was going back through, like when people first got on it, it was all like what you saw. Mm. Now, photos of things. Photos yeah. of things. Now it's photos of you. Yeah. And how it's like just completely been like flipped, flipped on its head over. completely. And like that whole creativity thing, I think it's really disabled, <clears throat> not disabled, but like, it's put a dampener on people's creativity because mm. they're not actually capturing like how they see it or how they perceive things or whatever. It's all how they want to be perceived. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the other day, but it's like, yeah, you go on any, I mean, even my Instagram, like there's not, there's not a photo that of like, that's not me doing something mm. that's on my mm. Instagram. Like mm. it's become just like a digital facade in a way of like yeah. who you 
who you are or like who you kind of you know in a lot of people's cases like who you want to be perceived as whereas like uh, initially instagram it was all sunsets and food yeah at the, <laughs> at the start like honestly Absolutely. i remember getting messages from people who like if i see another fucking sunset i'm like yeah. oh i'm in california it's june yeah, yeah, <laughs> sunsets yeah. go off this time of year but like anything like that when it comes along there's there's like a, an attachment which is a script mm. there's a script that comes along with those things mm. and uh some people just stick to the script yeah. yeah follow it you know yeah and i think you've never like you've never changed like Hmm. you're always one to like share like that first that pov kind of Hmm. perspective it's always had that creativity and stuff i think it's pretty cool like that og type of you know creativity like you said with the cameras and stuff it's not bragging it's it's just the way you see it yeah Hmm. you know and 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 hopefully you know it could be rust on a car it could be you know just mud on a car with this the yeah. way the rain runs through it or something like that you just you know it's yeah. just the way you look at it you know yeah. but i gotta say something about that you know um what you said about the you know being rejected or not going into america and stuff you know something bad the best way of explaining that if i haven't said it before is like if you go down that same pathway every day to say work or school or wherever you're going you drive a certain way and then one day you'll be going along a road and a tree's fallen down mm-hmm. and you can't go through because the tree's fallen across the road. So you reverse up and go another way. Well, you would never have gone that other way if that tree hadn't fallen on the road. So you hope for those things in your life. You yeah, know? now now I, I try and look for those things yeah. like where you could have those kind of crazy moments to just fully set you back and it's almost like a a complete reset but yeah the it was funny he asked as well he's like oh how long were you did you stay bummed about it and i was like man i was handcuffed walking to the fucking plane like they escorted <laughs> me handcuffed like walking on i was over it i was completely fine like fully come to terms with mm. it it was almost like uh it's almost like when something like that happens it is so definitive because i was so one foot in one foot out like trying to go mm. back and forward and it just like it just wasn't working yeah and that definitive thing of just like the fucking rug getting pulled out from under you, it's like no eh, like you're yeah. done here and it made me like you said just completely take an alternate but that's out. a great thing about you guys like you know you you evaluate and move forward yeah don't evaluate and keep complaining stay there yeah you know looping Improvise, adapt, overcome. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, that's what I'd say. That's yeah. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> don't know, don't know if it's a thing, but <laughs> it fucking sounds good. But yeah, <laughs> where you guys are going and what you are doing, you know, uh, you know, it's really unique. And it's coming from your heart and your mind and your soul. And this is just a start, you know. It, it could be anything from now on in. And uh, that's wonderful to see, you know. And nothing wrong with Cairns. Cairns is a great place. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's a great place to go back to. And But, you know, you have to have a springboard. And Cairns, the outdoors, the you know, the reef and the beaches and the fishing mm. and the waterfalls and everything, it's great. But you've got to move on. And it's great to go back there a lot, which you guys do. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, you, you have to see the world. And, and yeah, I think that's a big thing is, like, just have that open mind, you know, like... Mm. And, and man, I can't imagine what it would have been like when you were first traveling to like your first overseas trip. I, I, I bet that was a trip, you know, Calamity. Like nowadays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays it's like you got fucking iPads on the screen the yeah. whole time. You can get Wi-Fi and text people. And yeah. it's like, were they smoking so... in the plane? Oh yeah. I got a really good <laughs> story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, were, sure. yeah. there was a, a, a story. We were coming back from the world championship. There was Michael Ronning, um, Rodney Mears and I, and we, 
we're in London somewhere. We we're running late, typical, you know, and we got back. We got to the airport Heathrow way too late. I think we only had twenty minutes to board, and then we we're trying to like, where can we sit? And they go, where do you? What do you mean? Where can you sit? You know, you're sitting down the back, and there was three seats right at the back of the plane. And as we walked in, it was that was a smoking section, you know, oh. and it was just like like the plane's like this, but then you, it goes, you know, you go through this fog. And it was like a wall, a blue wall. You're looking, and because everybody's bored, they've got nothing to do. They're smoking. They're chain smoking. And they're constantly smoking. This is before the plane's taken off, you know. And we got down the back, and I remember about three of us. We sat like this in the back of the plane, and about probably about an hour in, uh, Rodney Mears, being Rodney Mears, was really just over this lady in front, chain smoking, and he had he's you know he's had his headphones in, and he just got them and just threw them over the seat. <laughs> went over it and he just got it and he's pulled back like that <laughs> and he's lifted he's just leaned back like that she screamed and there was you know people came he said I don't security know security came yeah, in yeah, like, yeah, like no, Tyson come yeah, on yeah, and yeah. flogged him yeah she didn't smoke for a while but um, the way he did that you know and then he just acted like I don't know I was looking for I don't know what happened to him you know? I, yeah anyway that, that just that, blows my mind like I fly a, a lot and like you can't even fucking land with your dash thing down nah nah low, low. but you got a matches or a cigarette lighter <laughs> In in a plane that's forty years, thirty years old, that have evolution. not technology. Yeah, evolution is a fucking trip. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like it's fucking blows my mind. Like I, I was just at an eye appointment and I had to have a mask. I'm like, what? How many years ago you were smoking? <laughs> <laughs> how about this? I went to the dentist the other day and stupid me, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. And I walked in, sat down. I said, am I supposed to wear a mask? And the dentist goes, you're at a dentist. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we better work on your teeth. <laughs> but they've all got masks on. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Mike Tyson in a plane uh, the other day? No. Nah. Wait, go find that. We got it. Oh, have you watched it? Nah. Mike Tyson beat the shit out of some dude on a plane oh, the really? other day. Oh, yeah. That'd be terrifying. You could yeah. not watch, watch this. This guy was just being a piece of shit to him. Oh, just like into him. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. This look at him and he's and he's got his mate like making a video. The dude's fucking blind. Oh no! And then yeah, what the? He's just pestering him, man. Some people have a legitimate like this is having a death wish. Fast forward a bit, right? Opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's just carrying on. Oh, neck minute. Fucking! <laughs> <laughs> that's a sixty-year-old man. That's just flogging the oh. absolute. Look at him. Oh, that's but that's what he was chasing. That, that's yeah. dude. Hey, he, play silly games, win silly prizes. Exactly. Yeah. How fucking funny is that? Yeah, I didn't know if you'd seen that. One. Nah, oh, you know me. I don't really. Mm, hectic. Imagine <laughs> imagine fucking being stuck on a plane sitting behind Mike Tyson for an entire flight after he just fucking bashed him. Flogged you. Yeah. A, how many views has that got? 11 million views oh, on fair TMZ. Enough. Well, they, yeah. Fucking silly bugger. I can, yeah, but smoking on a plane. <laughs> Crazy that that was actually a thing once. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, come a long way. People I think we we were talking about this. I think like many years ago, where we're like the evolution, where like kids didn't experience certain things. Mm. Like I never experienced. Like we were on like the home phone, you know, the home phone mm. age. Like yeah, we never yeah. did the typewriters. We never did 
like it was me me and you were talking about it it was hilarious like all the things that like certain kids just grew up without experiencing yeah, yeah. it's just a trip but, but it's a mannerisms of things that go that with the that. things that go with that yeah, I, you know i remember mum hanging the clothes on the line yeah. and the phone rings drops everything <laughs> clothes are in the like the clothes land on the in the ground on the, you know on the grass in the mud and sprinting yeah. to the phone yeah, no like you've bait. got like six seconds where yeah. the house is going to explode you know like, <laughs> like that you know and now it's like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah side button screen oh, yeah fuck. you know it's crazy just imagine, how that works imagine telling your mum then that one day people would just choose to to turn all their notifications <laughs> off. <laughs> like, fucking do not disturb. Yeah, well, that's the thing, What's man. What's the like, point of having a phone The then, crazy Glenn? thing is now, these days, you don't control your phone. The phone controls you yeah, 100%. Yeah. And if you think it doesn't without you having notifications on, you're fucking delusional. Like, you are at the mercy of that thing, unless it's, you know... But where, back in the old days, you had full control over everything you were doing, you know? Yeah. Like, there were instances where the phone would ring and you'd be like, oh, fuck, i got to... You know, it could be mum, it could be dad. I, like, yeah, I don't have well, a it was important. That you, yeah, it yeah. was obviously someone was calling you. Yeah. Well, that was cost a lot of money. It was a long distance. It was even more. Yeah, yeah. and what was it to make a call? Like, you know, the phone bill. Like, oh, you. Yeah, yeah. It was expensive to make calls. Mm. So it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually like, yeah, like if the phone rang, you got it. Nowadays, it's like, it's fuck, it's just crazy. Like, I love. I always catch myself thinking about all that sort of stuff, and mm. it kind of like. It sort of like goes back to like, you know, how, just how simple life used to be. And now like so many people are chasing that simplicity. It's like we've gone through this cycle of like mm. uncontrollable distractions and mm. uncontrolled, unnecessary like. Well, it's just like, it's just like chocolate. It tastes real good. But at some point you're eating chocolate. Then you go like, fuck, I need a drink of water so bad. I can't yeah. eat another yeah. piece of fucking chocolate. And, and it's just... Yeah. That's, that's probably what the phone but, is. But don't days. you think we're going to, like, you know, when you look at it in, in uh, you know, it, it's an era. Yeah. You know, like usually some, usually if you, the alcoholic parents, the kids... You know, go. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. want to be an alcoholic. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know that's an extreme case. So you know, and they don't drink. So it could be like you know, this is happening all yeah. the time, and maybe people are looking. I don't want to be like that. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's so what's starting to happen. Maybe it's more flick. You I know? think too. Like I heard on, on um, I was on YouTube the other day, and Pulp had Jet on there, and and RC made like this comment. I don't know if you know who Jet Lawrence. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Jet, very much so. RC made a comment and he was like, um, you know, it concerns me about like social media and his distractions. And his response was, hey man, like I was born in 2003. Don't yeah, quote yeah. me on that. And I was born with like this, this shit. Like mm. I was like, when Facebook was around, like I was born when Facebook was around essentially. So like, it's no different. No big deal. Like yeah. it's not a distraction to yeah. me. So like, that's the crazy thing I think for like mine and Jace, like our age, we were kind of like on the the start of that whole thing. Like my mm. business was built at the start of it, not social media as a, as yeah, a whole, yeah. but like certain platforms. Yeah, and it's just it's just bam, it's just crazy how like it can now be like normality. But I think for us, it's it sort of brings our attention because we had a taste of like yeah, what it was without it. Without so it. I think for us, it's kind of like we're on that cusp of being like, all right, you're either in or you're out. Like yeah. the, and I find myself, I've, I deactivate my Instagram for like nine months, like periods of time where I'll be on there, I'll be off there, I'll have mm. every device I want. And I think 
that comes from like our age, you know, where we, were, we weren't fully immersed. Mm. But then we did have instances of the clothesline and the home phone and yeah. the modem and the dial up and the like, mm. you know, it's fucking, it's just unreal. I love, yeah. I love sort of thinking about that. And, and I guess these times when we sit in this room collectively with people I love and trust are the only times it comes to surface. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of makes sense of like why you are a certain way in certain mm. instances. Well, even for me, when I started filming, there was like YouTube, Vimeo was the thing. Like, yes, it was. Vimeo yeah, yeah. was way totally. better than YouTube. Yeah. So like all my shit that I did originally <laughs> was like put on Vimeo back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even, and oh, I remember just being on the fucking social media bicycle for years, like literally years trying to convince mm. people that social media was going to be a thing and that your best course of action, the best thing that you could do for your sponsored writers was pay me to make a video about them mm. and put it on the internet. And that was literally like telling them that fucking they should use square wheels. That, yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way that, you know, or like my entry into, into filming and, you know, the business side of things. So yeah, it is crazy to think that we did come from a generation of yeah. no, no phones at all. Yeah, and, and look, like anything, it'll find its own path. Mm, yeah, know? for I sure. I mean, uh, how, do you, how do you, like, it must be like a fucking trip for you too, you know? Like but you've, you've always been on the tech, the tech edge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah, but that that's only new, you know? Like, you've experienced so much in your life and, like, you've, you know, you've created such an, you've got such amazing spirit and you've got such great morals and I mm. think that comes from not being on a device. Mm. Well, the stuff that you did before. Yeah. Well, well we were talking about it before at lunch. You know, it's like it, it's it's where you you know like you know where you're grazing. You know, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know, you're grazing on knowledge, or you're grazing on mm. sour grapes. You know, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Creature good ideas, bad ideas. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a knowledge based thing. Yeah. I, look, it's. Yeah. Well, you just received Nothing. a lot of hate online recently that you had to deal with. Oh, that was horrific, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, did you hear about it? Oh, Glenn had a viral TikTok. <laughs> did you read Yeah, fucking driving his 300 series, brand new 300 series without a snorkel through a river crossing in Cape York. That was we clearly don't know who Glenn Wait, is. It blew up on fucking, we're talking on the phone and yeah. like, he's refreshed. He's like, it's got 35,000 fucking views, Jason. <laughs> now it's 40. And while we talked, it went from 35 to 45. Yeah, and, then he, and then he's yeah. like, Look at all these. Who the fuck are these people that are commenting this shit? One person's calling me a fuckwit telling me I don't know how to drive. He was like, oh, God, how do I delete it? And make it stop. Yeah. It was crazy. Just glad the other day he's like telling me about this 300 series. He's like, oh, Matty, you know, you know when you're driving a car, you're on the bitumen, you're going pretty quick and you, you just... You go on the dirt and you just feel the car better. And I'm like, how the fuck is that even possible? But it is. It is. It is. Like, you, if you start to get loose on the bitumen at whatever speed... You kind of can't, really. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is a really sharp edge yeah. that you can't go wrong. You've got to be somebody special to get loose on bitumen. But on dirt... You can do whatever, you know, well, to a point, you know. I'm going, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. I'll follow you. I agree. Uh, all right. Hey, we'll go for a drive. <laughs> Next time you come up, we'll go and do it. <laughs> I'll show you. We did. No. Uh, we, I need to, maybe we can put that footage out. We've got, we're going through editing some old footage that we, oh, really? that's never made. We never made the video of our, we did basically, for context, we did a, a four-day trip in eight hours with Glenn. In his last Land Cruiser, because we we went from where we go, 
Wait, what was that one? Oh, with Sam and Jackson, we got up in the morning oh, and yeah. went to yours, and then we went all the way. We went up to waterfalls, and then we went to Lions Den for lunch. And oh, that we one, went, yeah. yeah. Then we went down the. We did like literally a four day. That's a that's a multiple. That day was on the two in the two hundred. Yeah, and then yeah. we uh, yeah in the two hundred series. But you were notorious for fucking Toyotas, basically. Yeah, you were actually banned from buying Toyota in cans. They wouldn't let me park. How did my- that happen? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Alcohol, probably. <laughs> they wouldn't allow me to park my Hilux out front of the Toyota dealership. Yeah. <laughs> Rude it bastards. Because <laughs> it was fucked. Oh, uh, yeah. You talked to your dad about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I bought it new and uh, it was one of the first, you know, when Hiluxes first came out. And um, I think I'd had it pretty well done in about four or five months. <laughs> would see, like, um, yeah, like I ran over an anchor of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half kilometers out to sea <laughs> we're, we're fishing wait wasn't there one time we were where we picked up them rocks that day when we that same trip and we walked out at cape trib there and you were like see that island i tried to drive there on a super low tide once in the highlands oh that one yeah yeah that was the, had a jet ski in the back and probably had a bit too much to drink and i said i reckon we could get to that island and we're going along i was going over maybe reefy type stuff you know and all of a sudden all i could see was fish and we went in and it, the only thing that was sticking out was like the toyota brand at the like the the tailgate but we got it out it was okay but then we drove it straight no we towed it straight away to a creek called cooper's creek freshwater creek and then went in there and parked it there just rinsed for, it out yeah and we sat on top drinking uh on the roof and then then we pulled it out and then it started <laughs> but you had to flush the salt water out yeah but the other time yeah um we were fishing on point and we weren't catching any fish and there's this trawler pulled up out out there and, and we could see where the water was low and they, you know we're sitting in it it was sitting in a channel and it had anchored up and everything and we're going wonder if we could buy some fish off him we've got to take something back so we got out and we started driving out and we drove a kilometer a half out and uh and the waves were coming in they're going over the bonnet hitting the windscreen wipers were going like that and it must have been water was in you know somewhere anyway it was pretty deep and it was still going you know and all of a sudden it just went lurched in the air and got the hell my mate jumped out and he said we're on the anchor and it just like ran up like oh. a rock and it just ran up an anchor and the guys come out on the boat he said, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like that? <laughs> Miles out to see this car, but anyway, there's a lot of stories like that. But Toyota, yeah, the, had, yeah, you know, they've lasted well. They no, they really have. They, I mean, I was with your dad crossing a flooded you know, Tomatoes Creek. You know, when it was yeah, in flood, yeah, yeah. where the approaches were about a kilometer long before you get to the bridge, and where and they had the, you know, I think there was a council guy putting up road close signs, but he hadn't got to that side of the road yet. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going in, and the water, we're just pushing a bow wave, and we're just seeing how high we could actually get the bow wave before it, you know, curled over and, and broke, and we couldn't see anything ahead because it was above the windscreen. It was we we're pushing it really, really, you know, at a nice pace. Anyway, it broke, and we're moving, and there's this guy. He's probably about standing in this deep water and as we came up and typical your dad style you know he was always always one for this but pulled up slowly and the guy goes what the fuck are you doing <laughs> i said oh, we're just going out the bridge he said you know you're gonna fuck the diffs and everything in this car <laughs> i went oh yeah and i drove off and you pete, pete goes oi and i stopped he looked at he said not your car <laughs> we just sung out this guy but it just kept i don't know where it was getting air it was just kept on going and that was a you know that was the first original Hilux four-wheel drive and to this day yeah bloody amazing but 
Yeah, they've been pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of great different brands out there and great vehicles, but uh, Toyota's, yeah, it, it, they go well. And this new one's really, <laughs> they did a good job with it. Yeah, so you got so you got some hate online, though, for apparently just, what, what was the one comment was like, you'll fuck that truck or something like <laughs> but that. But the water was just deep. It was only like, yeah, six inches deep. But like, I just don't think uh, most people, I think most people that buy a 300 are like kind of soccer mums these days, though. It's sort of gone away from the... Advanced four-wheel drive kind of guys. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, you know, it's like what we're talking about, like the, you know, the what do you call like it? The, the spectrum. Spectrum. You know, you got mm. yeah, soccer mum, and you get you know, rock crawlers, mud pigs, and all that, and anywhere in between. You know, that's uh, yeah, probably a lot of people. Like I think, like the two hundreds copped it. Mm. Well, when the you know when people drove one hundreds and the two hundreds came out, everybody. Yeah, you know, gave them hell. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot yeah. of people do tow to caravans with them, and you know, but a lot of people do have them set up well. Um, the same thing will happen with the three hundred, but they've done an amazing job with it. The new one, oh, you can tell the difference between the two hundred. Totally, really, totally, nothing like it. Nothing like it's 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 lighter, it's quicker, it it's planted, but yet nimble. Um, everything about it's amazing, and that suspension they, you know, that comes out with it. Um, I think it's only on a couple of models. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, kinetic or something, or yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, maybe wrong word for it. But anyway, it's a it's a good it's really cool the suspension. But it goes like anything, pushes you back in the seat. It's nothing like the two hundred. And uh, at the moment, people will say V eight V eight, and it's great. And you don't know, you don't know, you know, is it going to be faulty? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, it's a V six, and it it goes well, and it's the future. It's just a beautiful vehicle, and we're Going up to Cape York in September in it, I think. Can't Your mum's going to drive it. Oh, it's mum driving it. Yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty sick. Well, she's she's one of the four cars going up as a support. Yeah, vehicle, so. yeah, mm. yeah. That'd be good. Um, what was Cairns? What, how would you describe Cairns when you were like eighteen to twenty-five? Like, what was it? Uh, how did you see Cairns? Oh, it's a playground. Because that's kind of the vibe I yeah. get. Is that it was just you guys were just like, fuck, look at this joint. We just get to run a mark. Yeah, I, I think it's like um, like New Zealand, how New Zealand is sort of now. Mm. You know, um, But you could go, just come out of your house on a motorbike and just go through cane fields and old roads and, you know, copper load was dirt and the dam wasn't there and, you know, you'd just go forever. And the same with four-wheel drives. In fact, we had a love of four-wheel drives uh, halfway through our motorbike phase you know, when you you know, we've all experienced this where you're going for a ride on a motorbike and you pull up and you know, you're talking we've talked about this with the, the adventure bikes, you know, mm. you pull up and then you go back, Oh, I see that log back there, what happened back there and this and that and you yeah. know, you, there's probably a hundred things that happen you want to talk to each other about. Like those freedom things they what are they called freedom? What are they um oh, yeah, helmets you put yeah, in your helmets yeah, for yeah, adventure yeah, bikes, yeah, you know, yeah, where you're yeah. actually just talking to each other. But anyway, you pull up and you you just talk about what happened that how deep was that creek but in a four-wheel drive you're all in in together in the vehicle yeah. and you're doing nearly the same thing as a motorbike it's like real time it's real time yeah. and you're all going you know like you're all frothing on what's happening right there and then mm. where a motorbike it's individual yeah and you have to remember all the rad things when you pulled up 20 kilometers down the road and say that's so true i yeah, haven't thought yeah, of it like that yeah that's why those, you know, I, don't, I forget what they're called. What are they called? The Intercom deals. Inter yeah, like, um, what's the name? There's that one brand that's fucking awesome. I think we're going to start doing some stuff with them. So good. I probably need to remember their name. Because <laughs> you're just talking. Yeah. You know, you, you, anyway. 
Yeah. No, so anyway, uh, yeah, the whole motorcycle, mountain bike thing, uh, motor, motorcycle and four-wheel drive thing was great. But we rode mo- mountain bikes down a lot of those tracks before we got into uh, motorbikes too. So we just had these bastardized, whatever they were, and just ripping down Coppolade actually. And that was fun. So that that was like kind of the the start of, or I guess like everything that you did kind of branched off just like adventures around yeah. around Cairns. Yeah, just going and doing stuff because, as you know, Cairns itself isn't that, you know, it's just a town on a flat sort of bit of land. But everything that where around you guys it. lived, you know, you were always up in the mountains, weren't you? You know, you were all up, mm. up the back of Edmonton and everything. So that was the thing. We had beaches, we had the reef, we had mountains, waterfalls, and you just go there. Yeah, and play. And it's nearly the same. It's just a little bit further now to go. Because, and, and what about like uh, the isolation? Because I mean, we felt isolated when we grew up, and there was way more connectivity to the rest of the country, and you mm. know, even just the rest of the world in general. But what did it was it another level again? Like totally. Back then? Like you just would have just felt completely on your own. Yeah, we did, but. Um, yeah, it, like to go to Townsville was a big deal. Yeah. And to go to Brisbane, we, we'd drive to a Supercross. We'd leave a, a, on a th- Friday afternoon and get in a car and drive. And your dad would come too. We'd drive to a Supercross on a Saturday night, Saturday night. So we'd finish work on a Friday afternoon and be back for work Monday morning. And that's a big epic on in anybody's book anyway, you know. But mm. you guys would probably do that while you're growing up. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of that. Yeah. Who, who was the, uh, like, the original, if, in terms of the moto scene up there, like, who were some of the OG dudes that kind of, like, kick-started the scene that maybe got, like, you into it? Because how did, how did you get into into dirt bikes originally? Oh, my mate next door bought one, Eddie Hayes. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And was he bought it, a, So Eddie was your next-door neighbour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't and, know uh, Yeah, uh, he had an XR70 five i think so i bought an sl 125 uh yeah so he we and we had land forever out the backs and that was fun and we got into that and then as we went along you know there was the whole explosion of motorbikes in around that same time but there was people like john penelligan and yeah, uh yeah. you know rusty reese of course and yeah. uh, it just goes on there's so many people that were bloke called jose azario and people that were out riding old you know mining roads up around cooktown way out miles away exploring on these things so again the spectrum there was people doing adventure stuff and there's people doing motocross and trail rides and in those early days there was a lot going on and Cairns really exploded there more than anywhere else I knew of in Queensland because it was just so much diversity yeah you know a lot of the rainforest and the, the dry country and everything like that yeah because I think for I guess people that haven't been there um, it's there's such a diverse landscape within yeah. like a couple of hours. Probably, probably some of the most diverse in Australia. Maybe would have to like be. I don't know that there'd be many people like many places in in Australia that would have that within you draw four hours. Mm. You know, like what you can well, see an hour, an hour yeah. you're yeah. somewhere, and 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 uh, and and now the exciting thing is that there's. In a couple of pockets, there's one pocket has about 200k a single track. Yeah. Another pocket has 200k a single track, and you know, it, you know, it. Bloody hell, that what, didn't exist before. Was that when did, was the first vision of yours of what trails could be like in Cairns? Um, I don't know if the again. I think it was a fluid, organic approach. I, yeah, know, like um, it just happened sort of over time. Yeah, maybe. yeah. But we didn't know. Uh, we were we built a trail for the Queensland Championships, 
uh, around AJ Hackett Bungie. Yeah. And we just thought that's what you did because I came from a you know, motorbike background, so you had trails, so you just actually build them. And, and when everybody came to race that, we were lucky to have a lot of the UCI and head, uh, you know, people from Melbourne and Sydney and everything came came to that event because it was in Cairns. It was like, let's go there. It's a holiday. A holiday, place, yeah. You know? So let's go to this Queensland championship. And uh, the first thing that came back was, you know, we're riding on single track. We usually ride on dirt roads. So is that what it was before? Like, is that what downhill kind of was originally? It's just like taped off fire roads and you just kind of went yeah. from the bottom of a fire road to the top of a fire road. Oh, downhill. Oh, so yeah, the yeah. top to the bottom. Yeah, we... we <laughs> Wade and, and, you know, Lionsy and all them, we went to the Australian Championships in Canberra and we were training like anything, you know, like, you know, the steepest, nastiest tracks, you know, just off cliffs everywhere because we thought that's what the Australian Downhill Championships would be. And we cut our seats right now, seat posts right down because the seats had to be bloody yeah. right up against the frame because we're going down. And we turned up there. And it started at the top of a hill and went down on a dirt road. And these guys were headling, you know, <laughs> like, hang on, that's not what we're here for, you know. <laughs> and it's a funny story about that. We, we had piled up in a, a rental car again, you know, like drove from Cairns down there. All of us piled up in a rental Tarago and uh, shoved all our bikes in there somehow. And, and on the way back, we were trying to work out who can we sell these mountain bikes to, you know, because <laughs> this is not our sport. Really? If that's what it is, that's not us. Holy, you know? that and is that, sick. And that's within only being may, maybe maybe seven, eight months in, in the, into the, the activity, the sport of mountain biking. And because uh, we had just gone to the Australian Championships and that, this is not us. This is not, we thought mountain biking was something else. Yeah. So uh, somewhere around Mackay, uh, between Mackay and Townsville, from Canberra, yeah. a long way. And we were, we were working out, oh, yeah, I can offload mine to this person. They'll buy that. And we were just going to get – we didn't know what we were going to get into. <laughs> you know? But by the time we got to, you know, nearly nearly home, a couple of us went, hang on, why don't – we're so far away from anybody, uh, everybody else. Why don't we just do what we do? Yeah. We don't need to go to, away to races. And we thought about, well, we were having so much fun doing what we were doing, dropping off cliffs and – Doing that type of shit. I remember one thing, you know, um, somebody said, like, you know, a hill is so steep. If a tree grows on it, oh, it must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it mustn't be that steep if a tree can grow on it. And we'd be out looking for stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so we said, well, look, we, why don't we just do what we do? We're in a cocoon. We're so far away from anywhere else. Let's just do what we do yeah. and leave it at that. We don't have to go away racing at all or anything. And that's what we did. That's so sick. And that we filmed insane. it at the same time. Mm. You know, so so what was the what was the first like downhill trail track that you guys Karanda. built? So Karanda, Karanda is Karanda, the OG, Karanda. yeah, Karanda, and it's still probably the best one. Yeah, and really you, you talk like. to Tracy, and she's up there, you know, and and you know they go and ride on, and there's a, quite a few variations of the track now. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, Karanda, and and you know that came from a motorcycle era. We had a race a two day enduro and. It went up there, a motorcycle, you know, and it was part of, a, you know, a, a road section and it was just a shortcut. And it was an old range, it was the old range road. Yeah, Back right. in the 1800s or something like that. So when we started, and we were, you know, a bit, not a bit of a story, but before that, we were pushing our bikes up the top of these hills everywhere and riding down. And it was like, it was around the same time Queensland was humming and harring about, uh, you know, um, should we have uh, daylight saving? 
<laughs> you know, and we're that going, old chestnut. Fuck no, you know, because we're riding in the afternoon. Don't take our light away from us, you know. Anyway, um, it, it, they no, no more daylight saving. We've gone shit. We've only got this amount of time to push our bikes to the top of that hill and ride down. And we got thinking, wouldn't it be good if you could actually put your bikes in a car and drive to the top of a hill somewhere? And we started thinking, and and we're going shit. I know this old motorbike track, and it's a Coranda, long way away from Cairns. You know, fifteen minute drive, twenty minute drive. <laughs> yeah. And we've gone up there and we started, started walking down the track. And I know the first two or three times uh, walking down, I got lost. But there is a lesson to what happened when we got to the top for the first time. I was with a couple of friends. Uh, there was three of us. And we drove our car to the top and left the car at the bottom. And we started looking for this, you know, this track that was around 10 years before on motorbikes. You know, we started looking and we looked over the edge. And one of my friends who was with me, um, looked over there and because the grass was this high because you got all that guinea grass all there, the guinea right? grass yeah. everywhere he goes nah there won't be anything in there and fucked off and my other mate said nah let's keep let's keep looking but right th- that day it taught me a really good lesson is that don't ever worry about what's in front of you you can't see the outcome mm. and if you believe in the outcome it's gonna come yeah mm. But if stuff is right there in front of you, don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, just because you haven't, you can't find the answer yeah. today. Yeah. You will find it. Doesn't answer. mean it's not there. Exactly. Yeah. Jason's we, got a great analogy with that. Like yeah. it's like driving a car. If you look at the windscreen, oh yeah, it's right. To drive the car, but if you look through the windscreen, <laughs> it makes it way easier to drive the car if you look at the big picture. You know, like if you're driving, you're that's fucking, a good way of looking at it. Look at yeah, it. At cool, a bug right? on the windscreen a foot away, you can't see fucking anything. Yeah. yeah. Makes it real hard to drive. But if you look, as soon as you look through it, you see the big picture. Huh. Well, same thing. Yeah. So after about three times, uh, you know, we found it and we started riding it and we held a race straight away, like within a two weeks. We rode it, rode it, and we said, why don't we all see who's quick? You know, who's the quickest and everything? And uh, we just put a poster out. Wade and I did a poster up and, it was, uh, you know, we had 22 people turn up. And two of those 20, or oh, probably five of those 22 people, but two of those people was uh, AJ Hackett and Henry Van Ash. Yeah, and they right. were building the bungee tower and they turned up in all these, you know, nice GTs and everything like that. And uh, they influenced us to go, hang on, there's other people that can do this type of riding. Yeah. You know, so, and that's where that started. Yeah. So that was the first downhill. Yeah. That's crazy. That, yeah, yeah the whole thing makes a lot of sense in terms mm-hmm. of like going down to, Canberra and being super disappointed that it wasn't the the terrain because mm. I like, I remember I'd only ever rode mountain bikes in Cairns and mm. that's just the most spoiled unless you're in Whistler or you know something sure. like that I don't know that you can grow up in a better place for mountain bikes mm. and I just remember anywhere in the world that I went and rode mountain bikes it wasn't Cairns until Derby come along and a couple other places I was just like that's fucking shit like, <laughs> I'm not riding here this is garbage like yeah, yeah. where's the rocks where's the roots where's the fuck like you know where's the drops where's the cliffs because I just that was normal you yeah. know but then you see what what most people or like what most mountains kind of have to offer because mm. I guess that's really the, the well yeah it's also I mean it's the people too mm. you know a lot of those sort of terrains do exist in places it's just mm. you know can't see I it mean, it's different grass. now, you know, because it's it's a thing. It's a yeah. legal thing that you have to, you know, you can't go doing that. But that was then. And then, so what's that. the progression from there? Like, and so, so we mm. then you built the Queensland Championships track. Yeah, yeah. And then, what was the reaction when people started coming from all over? The, well, what happened? The that, that, yeah, they they really liked that track. And one person, well, I didn't know who it was, but he was head of the uh, the Australian Mountain Bike Association, going, "We really like this, and we're thinking about getting a Grundig World Cup to Australia." And I didn't know what that was. 
I didn't even know what Grundig was. It's a you know um, electronic brand from Germany, I think. You know, and they were sponsoring World Cup, so I didn't know what a World Cup was. We'd have these magazines of people racing, but we didn't really. So get what year would this have been? Uh, Ninety two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 92. So they're saying, look, Australia's been looking at getting a World Cup, but because Australia is out of sync with the rest of the world, as in, uh, you know, winter here is summer over there. So to have a Uh, summer race, yeah, yeah, the summer series, the international, like between Europe and and, and, uh, America, Europe and North America, would have to be Australia's winter. Exactly. And where can you do it in in Australia in winter? winter? Cairns. Cairns. And that's, no that's what they were battling on, you know. And everybody goes, why Why didn't they bring the World Cups to Threadbow or Mount Bullock? Well, because it's bloody winter. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's when they started looking and when they saw that. Sorry, were you still it? sign writing at that oh, time? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's crazy. Yeah. For yeah. you to have, like, you know, those two different types of, you know, like obviously that was your income, your bread and butter, and then obviously this comes along. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy. That's what the bank manager said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but what it is is your mind. You know, there's a thing that you have to do to make money, definitely. And there's a thing that you we're talking about procrastination and stuff like. That's why procrastination exists. Yeah, you know, because you're actually pushing against what you don't really. Yeah, there's a there's a fight know. going on between what you want to yeah. do and what you don't want. Exactly. Do. Well, it's desire. Desire. They say it's there's a uh, desire is a contract you make to unhappiness until you obtain what it is you're desiring yeah right i don't yeah, think well, i said that wrong no, right. no but, uh, but it's it's true like it makes so much fucking sense and some co- subconsciously too yeah yeah well yeah. even just to sidestep that a little bit is in the early days of riding we couldn't work out why mountain biking was so good we couldn't work out why it made you feel so fucking good all your problems, as soon as you got on a bike, all your problems went away. Mm. Everything, you know, bank manager and all the things yeah. and shit that goes on in your life day to day. You're present. It's like... Yeah, well, that's what we thought. And, and it's really close to that. Yeah. And that's what we did think. But then later on, you think about it, it's actually, you haven't got time to think about anything. Because yeah. if you're not focusing on where you, that front tire is going... You're on the ground. Yeah. So you're fully focused. Like mountain biking is different to it's, say road cycling. No, because it's long. Depending on the trail you are and how fast you're going, stuff like that, but you really have to know where you're going. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you have to be aware of what you're doing on a bike, mm. on a trail, and, yeah. and and you that brings you into the moment yeah, straight away. Incredible. And then they, they talk. What do they call it? They absorbed, a sense of flow, absorbed or, flow. They yeah, call absorbed that. flow. Man, I had remember it was like a oh, it was years ago. It was when Ricky's mum was crook, and yeah. I was up, and I yeah. stayed at home for those few months, and we were doing heaps of riding. I had like a legit out of body experience riding huh. slipperies that that day. Oh. It was the first time I'd rode it. Yeah. I think I rode it when I was younger, but like I couldn't remember it. And I'd been riding a bit, so I was wanted to have a crack. And I remember riding this trail and like fully having like an out of body experience because of exactly what you just said. I was concentrating so fucking much <laughs> on that track because it's literally oh. ten minute run of just roots crazy roots everywhere and it's in a thick canopy so it's and, always and, and that slippery growing and moss wet yeah. and I I got down the bottom of it and uh, Glenn popped out and we were sort of talking and I was like fully had to catch up with what just happened because like I, it was one of the cra- most crazy experiences of just like being out of body and it wasn't until I started doing jiu-jitsu that 
I would have that over. Like I do. That's every time for me now when I do jujitsu. Yeah. Like because it's so like someone's trying, you. To, that's someone's trying to choke yeah. you. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. You've, got, you've got to be on your fucking p's and q's. But yeah, I remember that that trail particularly that feeling. I was just like, wow, that's what happens. You're gone. Like yeah. you just leave the fucking you leave the leave the uh, reservation because you can't do anything other than try not to die. And if that's happening on a daily basis, yeah. What you do on a daily basis to make money, if that's not like that, mm. which one are you going to lean to? Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, not all, it's not always going to work right for a lot of people. You just, you know, that you've got to have a way of um, monetizing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but not in a greedy way. You know, yeah, you've just got yeah. to make, make how, how, do, how do we make this work? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're not asking yourself that question. Your subconscious is asking you 100%. that question. You know, it's like how, how, do, how do we make this work? You know, and again, things get thrown out, you know, ahead of you. You know, like a cast net. Little yeah. cast nets get thrown out, and they pull in little things, and all of a sudden, a couple of years later, you're going down that road. You know, so um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, the first, uh, the Queensland. Yeah, well, oh, I guess yeah. like, and then the back, I guess back further was like when you, when you sort of started to see a vision of like, oh yeah, yeah, when yeah. this this could actually kind of be a yeah. thing, you know? No, like, it was about the 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 UCI bringing a world yeah yeah world champs. Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so um, you went way back. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. No, but that was. Um, so anyway, they so they rode a trail. They rode trails that they thought this would be great. And um, I remember the guy um, said. He said, I can, I can see John Tomac and I can see uh, Juliana Furtado riding these trails. Mm. He said, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it, that they could be riding in Australia on these trails. And within a year, we we're in France and at the World Championship, seeing how it, all this thing worked, you know, and, and within another, that was uh, September, and within another six months, we had a World Cup in Cairns. How close was what was going on at that, that first World Cup? How close was it to what you guys were doing locally? What, uh, the France one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, the first World Cup in Cairns, from the time we threw our legs over a mountain bike, legit mountain bike, uh, was four years. Yeah. No, yeah. but as in like when, in France, like what, what they were riding. Was that still fire roads and was like that boring? Still like, yeah. Really? No way. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I know the first World Champs in Cairns was... Yeah. It, like it's historical like yeah. it blew people's minds it though. blew people's minds and yeah. try and pull up some footage of like Cairns yeah, World Champs hey, 1996 you might want to go for a whiz yeah 100% awesome. yeah. Yeah. yeah go do I've it. had two already but I'll, no, I'll yeah. go out to the toilet this yeah, it's just down there up don't no, go yeah. in my office it's no, not no. a toilet <laughs> <laughs> don't piss on me yeah Dude, nah, we want we need downhill. Downhill, fucking let's go. Oh, crankworks. I reckon we get an Airbnb, get a sick house, go it's up the same, there. It's the same weekend as Bathurst and Miller's um Miller's wedding. Oh fuck. Unless I just fire it all and do that. Oh look at this. No way. Senior men downhill, 1996 world champs. Oh no, this is cross country. Fucking hell. Get rid of this. Downhill cans, 1996. Hectic. How good was the TV package? 
All the <laughs> That's all, yeah. Come to the reef. Swim with the fishes. How good is this? Women elite downhill. No, let's go to the boys. That's, that's downhill. Oh, yeah, that's this swimming. is chicks though. Fuck, it's just the same jungle, eh? Obviously, <laughs> that doesn't change in 20 years. I can't wait to actually... Power bar. Really, that was... Oh, 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 oh. Ronan, you would have been... You wouldn't even... How old are you, Ronan? In 96. Three. Negative. Nah, he wasn't even fucking born. What? <laughs> what year were you born? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> we'll just say Ronan wasn't it, even pause born. Pause it at the elite men. Oh, look at that. Ryan wasn't even born when this was happening. Oh, sorry, mate. You yeah. little spring chicken. Yeah, new to it, you know? <laughs> Just new to the earth, yeah. How was your week? Oh, I needed that, mate, like you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. You don't have to wait, eh? You can just go. Yeah, yeah. So talk us through this. Uh, I think that's Bass the Beaver, actually. He got third uh, <laughs> in, a, in the downhill run. But there's a rock garden. That's all. There's the twins. That's Sean Palmer. Um, oh, he was a deal. He, he changed. He changed mountain biking forever. That guy he changed just, a lot of sport, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just from being him, yeah. And that's what's really rad. Nicholas Vullier there. Oh, um, that's Vullier. So between, yeah, my God, there's Grundig again. Wow, And you know, to this day, you know, still sort of. It doesn't look much different. No, it's, it's nearly the same. And and to this day, the the only thing there's John T- uh, Tomac, I think, uh, or could have been Lopes. Yeah, that's really a number one plate, yeah. So he only beat Palmer by, you know, 0.03 of a second. Wow. And everybody goes, oh, they, he got him on the, on you know, on got him on bit. the and pedal bit. No, yeah. but he didn't. Palmer said, I know where he got me. And somewhere that he just made a slip somewhere. Yeah, right. You know, up in the bush. And it wasn't, it wasn't, um, Sean Palmer was actually quicker on the on the finish straight, I believe, you know. Um, but yeah, what a what a massive, um, massive, th- there's Basta Beaver. Yeah. So yeah, that was Vulio, Palmer and... and yeah and look it's uh you know to this day like when you know a lot of people had a hand in suggesting what where the track you know we walked that hill forever yeah um and uh we all came up with different solutions but they all everything spat out a little bit too far from the village and it was that 250 meter slug on the end you know it was a flat finish yeah yeah and and you know we were reassured by the uci it's cycling it's mountain biking is part of cycling and that should be part of it, you know? And yeah. uh, So they um, wanted that little sprint sort of finish thing? Yeah, I mean, and at the same time, we, we really battled to find a good finish mm. without throwing the budget out the door and building a whole new sort of section. And, and look, first time we ever actually used a rubber track excavator was, you know, building a section called Cloud. Uh, um, yeah, um, no, Vines mm. uh, up there. And before that, it was all hand cut, you know. So, look, uh, and it was a big money to do that and everything. So, um, we just went with that. And, you know, there's a big, big pedal to the finish, and that sort of, you know, dogs you for a long time, you know, go, oh, what a bugger, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was such a beautiful hill. And also, it had two uphills in it, but you're doing 80 kilometers an hour. So, they weren't really uphills, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were like G outs. And I think that really added to the flavor of the downhill. But it had everything. It had dry, sclerophyll, you know, eucalyptus and jungle and before there was no such thing called there was no such thing as a rock garden before that rock garden 
That's crazy, yeah. eh? We call it gibbers and ghoulies. You know, that's a you know, traditional owner's name for rocks. We just call that gibbers and ghoulies. And somebody from the US called it rock gardens. And I don't know who. They said, oh, yeah, you're riding through that rock garden. And that was it. And rock gardens came from there. You know, it was really cool. Well, and it's the same as the, you know, shark at the start. You know, there wasn't any start houses mm, before then. You know, that big shark's head. Really? Mm, yeah. That's insane. So what was the... When that, that event, like the mm. after party, like what was the vibe? Was it a buzz? Like was that a feeling that mountain biking changed that yeah. weekend? It changed, you know. Um, it changed from for a lot of reasons, I suppose. You know, um, even one of the things is like uh, it, it, it showed people, uh, athletes, that you can go somewhere and if you've got a flat tire on the hill during a race run, they didn't care. They're going to the reef. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. we're in a, a beautiful place. And I think that that's where we are now with mountain biking. You know, mountain biking should be in really beautiful places to do a lot of things. But, um, yeah, that, that really changed, uh, yeah, on a lot of levels. You know, um, the the team village, putting a swimming pool in the in the village area and so people, the athletes can swim around uh, and you're out in a big grass paddock. And, yeah, just, just setting up how that – you know, the, the team tents were laid out and, you know, just the, the open plan and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was different. And within, I think, five months, I was offered a job to work for the UCI. And that's when I moved over to Switzerland. So That's so yeah. crazy. Did, mm. did you think that your life was going to change that after that weekend? Or, like, did you no. think nothing of it? No. It was just part of what we're doing. We're actually, surprisingly enough, we were going, okay, that was a world championship. That was fun. Um, let's let's really make the Triple R something, you know, which was, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, which race. is now the th- in its 30th year this yeah, year. But, right. but um, yeah, and so the call was quite unexpected, yeah. So just completely out of the blue, yep. got a phone call, hey, we want you to be the track builder for the UCI. Yeah, yeah. Really developed like four cross, which is in before that it was dual, mm. which is yeah, dual slalom. Yeah, they, well, it was they wanted to get rid of dual slalom and do it more like um, uh, have it more sort of argy bargy elbows. Yeah, you yeah, know, like two riders on one track, and we had been doing that quite a few years before. We were actually having four to six riders on one track, um, and we called it. What do we call it? Mountain you, Cross. Yeah, you just had one at yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, Dad, yeah, Dad, Dad yeah. took us on more. Yeah, yeah, I had a vague, Fuck. super vague memory. Yeah. Mountain and, Cross. And you had it in the, the light set up there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Night Mountain Yeah, I remember yeah. it. Like, we would have been very, very young. Yeah. But, like, Palm, like, Palmsy was like, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, it. he was, um, the Carol, um, that sort of, yeah. Rennie it was, and it all was those. Massive. Yeah. yeah, it was like, it was like, like the fuck is like fight night like, <laughs> it was literally like cage fighting yeah, yeah it was like yeah. fucking yeah. like we were yeah. walked through some bush and like dad's like you know got his pluggers and his <laughs> oh yeah fighting yeah. you know like yeah it was steamy fuck. mosquitoes I, I snakes got yeah. vague memories of mm. it but it was fucking mental yeah, yeah. party yeah so the whole mountain cross thing that, and that's what four, you know, they just call it four cross, you yeah. know. Um, so that's where that all came from. Which Crankworks has Crankworks has kind of adopted that in the dual slalom event that they run there, right? Mm. Is that yeah. is that right? Do they do Crankworks do it? They, they do no, dual they, slalom. They, 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 they just slalom. Yeah, yeah, dual, yeah not, dual slalom. Not, yeah, not separate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does anyone yeah. do four cross still? Is that just no, going now? No, huh. uh, and because um, that was kind of the thing for a while. Like well, it Eric, was a thing Eric for a while. Carter, Lopes. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I had a problem with it because, uh, you know, trying to come up with ideas to how do you make a track, 
that's not super not motocross and not BMX. The you know UCI said build something that's not motocross or, or uh, BMX and uniquely different logs and rocks and things like that. And it's like, but the underlining thing that I found that I struggled with uh, with four cross and everything, even though it was great spectacle, it was great spectacle. I don't turn up at your place and go, hey, let's go four crossing. Mm. You know, you don't go out. You'll go out to a four cross track, like let's go downhilling or let's go shuttling, let's yeah, go let's for a cross country runs. ride. Yeah. But four cross track, you'd go to a four cross track and you would ride every old four cross track you'd go and have a look at. It had a single line going straight down the grass grunt because that's what people done. They just yeah, rode down yeah. a thing that was six meters wide and they just rode down one trail, but they would never ride four at a time elbows. The only time they would do that. Is for the was race. when they were racing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, you should be practicing this beforehand, like BMX and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so it was never just like a legitimate it part wasn't of the a culture. Thing. No, you yeah. can't push culture if it doesn't exist. Yes. You, know, you, yeah. you, you can actually open the, the gates and say, you know, will this work? But you can't make it a thing when it doesn't exist. You know? It's probably essentially what uh, it should have been enduro. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like it was the, because that's kind of the natural part of the culture. And yeah. now they've gone like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is because enduro, you race enduro, but you also ride enduro. Yes. Like you actually, that's a part of the culture. That's what you do with your friends. Mm -hmm. But when you're downhilling, you shuttle like, man, the amount of times that I drove up Karanda Range as a kid to do those shuttles, like it was just, that was the thing that it you did, thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense why Four Cross never really took off. Yeah, yeah. But that, so that was like the main thing that they kind of had you there. Yeah, and do. first, yeah, first off, uh, and to, to help develop that. And then I would sort of I'd go and have a look at different sites for World Championships. Uh, I remember one site in Spain, they couldn't work out exactly where the, the venue, I mean, where the, everything should finish. And they couldn't work it out. And I got there and had a look around. So a lot of those places I'd go and, and sort of see if we could come up with a solution here and there. Yeah. Um, develop. You know, cross country tracks and uh, and uh, but then after all, I, yeah, after when the bubble burst, when everything sort of died out, yeah. um, I came back to Australia and, and hung around for a couple of years and then started world trial with Dylan. Yeah, yeah. So what were those those years like? Because they were probably to go back to the very start. That was probably the most impressionable thing to me. Mm. I reckon was like seeing you go through those years of like you were doing the downhill thing, traveling the world. Like that mm. was great and then the rug got pulled out from underneath mm. you massively yeah and then that's when you you know you go back to the, the small town thing and then you got everyone giving their opinion on i fucking should have never given up his son you know like you, and <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah. a storm that you got to weather oh yeah and to keep your creativity and to keep your positivity and then to like and again it's sort of the same as like the visa thing like mm. i get get fucked on america and then you come home and everyone's like yeah i told you you should have stayed here you shouldn't like i dealt with all that same shit oh, but, then, yeah, but yeah. born out of that like there's no podcast if that didn't huh. or that it's not in the same way well so it's yeah. like you know so mm. you now have world trail which is probably yeah. not not many people like you you built something we're all gonna die you're gonna die your trials yeah. will still be there hundreds hundreds of fucking years those trails mm. will still be there people will still use them it's yeah. like it's literally a legacy kind of thing and it, i just don't know that that legacy could have been built if you didn't lose the job and then have everyone talking Definitely. shit you, you know so Definitely. it's, it's a, the craziest example and that always stuck to me because that was probably when i was about maybe i was like 14 15 mm. when that was happening or maybe mm. Maybe a little bit older, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the years, but yeah. I remember, I really remember that time. It was tough. And seeing you not 
give up on that yeah. and that I carried that forever like really? it ne- yeah, yeah never left me that was the most impressionable thing that that happened to me I was like ah oh, fuck so it doesn't really matter <laughs> like if you <laughs> well at the time you know, like it's, if you, yeah if, it doesn't matter if something bad happens because yeah. then just something else good happens hmm. Yeah. That was the example. Yeah, you can't stand there and, and complain about that tree that's fallen across the track or the road, you know, and, and just curse and carry on. You just got to, yeah, it's bad. And I remember there were some really tough times, you know, extremely mm. tough. And a friend and I, uh, Paul Neal, we were talking about that just the other night. He was saying, I saw that all happen yeah. yeah, right in front of my eyes. And it was really, really bad. But to bounce out of it. And look, the simplest way, you could go on about a lot of things, but the, the, the fire doesn't go out. Yeah. You know, the fire's always there. Um inside you so it's never going to go out because of that and yeah. it may for a couple of people they may just go yeah everybody's right maybe i should just stick yeah. to the nine to five but if the fire's there and it's always there well you just keep going until something happens and again you don't plan what's going to happen yeah i didn't yeah know. yeah well and probably to put it in perspective in a way that there there was no such thing as trail building professionally as a job then, yeah as yeah. a job and there still wouldn't be if we hadn't got a call, uh, you know, from somebody, a government agency, a, a council that wanted a track. And that was the first job in Australia that, uh, uh, you know, a council or a government department was willing to pay money for a mountain bike track. Hadn't happened before. And then there was another one. And then there was another one. And it kept on going from there. But before that. And then another way of looking at it too is like, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, my trade was sign writer, as a sign writer. And that's a great thing. You know, you're using a brush and paint and, you know, uh, um, and then computers came along. And, you, you know, you've had them. You're printing out things, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they were, computer, they were computer signs. Greatest thing ever happened. Easiest, best, you know, the best thing you could ever do. You had more creativity. You designed it on the screen and printed out and everything. But we were doing it with a brush. Well, that trade went and it finished forever. Yeah. Trail building didn't exist then either. You yeah, know? But yeah. now trail building does and sign writing doesn't. So, you know, you just roll over a new lift. Something new, you know, something dies, something grows, you know. And, yeah. and it's I think spe- it- it's so special. Sorry to jump in there, but like just to touch, like I've seen the, um, you know, the employee like trail building brochures and stuff. Glenn's actually hand drawn drew, yeah. all the examples. Like, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I got sorry, Tommy to, sorry to jump in there. Yeah, no, no. I got Tommy to do the final ones. I'd draw them and then Tommy would like, finish. It's just yeah, so yeah. fucking rad that yeah. like you've integrated like, you know, the, the previous yeah. skill set. Yeah, like, like nothing goes to waste almost. Yeah, yeah so well, like, sick. you know, pinstriping trucks, you know, the, the, yeah, you know, the yeah. scrolls and everything like that. When we started designing trails, I wanted those trails to look like those pinstripes, yeah. you know, mm. so they're like curves and beautiful arc, nothing jagged, and that's how wheels work anyway. You don't yeah, have yeah. anything janky, but yeah, that and and when we do pictograms for trails, we come up with the trail names yeah. and then come up with the logos. Well, yeah. icons, yeah, pictograms yeah. for them. Then they end up on shirts and yeah, keep on going from that. Yeah. So it's all there. It's still there. Uh, the whole sign writing thing and the the whole trade thing. But yeah, the the tough times they'll always come good. You know, uh, unless you, and I think we've mentioned about this before, there's a saying out there, if you're going through hell, just don't stop. Mm. You know, they don't want to stop in hell. Just keep going, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, there's so many times you've gone, you know, out on you know, stand-up paddle boards and kayaks and go out to Scouts Hat, leave the beach at Palm Cove and go out to Scouts Hat and Double Island. And on the way back, the wind's changed and it's blowing a gale and you can see the beach. It's a it's kilometre and a half or two kilometres. And you paddling like anything and when you stop you start going backwards yeah you can't stop no, yeah. no matter how you feel you because 
what's the point? You're going to go backwards, you know. So you've got to keep going. Mm. Nobody's going to come along and scoop you up and go, oh, we'll take you to the beach. Yeah. No, no, you've got to keep on going. I think it's like another thing too is like, is like actually recognizing that and mm. not identifying those times when you are in hell. Well, when you're in it right when now, be like, oh, yeah. this is you just know, one like, of those bad I think times. that's something that I think a lot of people just don't really, like it might take, three months three years three hours three minutes three seconds like for certain people i think it varies yeah. a lot of things but i think it's just you know being around people that have overcome that and they see that you know i think yeah. it's it's special to be able to you know we've seen you guys like seeing you go through it we've seen other friends go through it it's mm. like you know applying that to your own life i think it's just a whole nother fucking kettle of fish but then obviously having friends and experience it really helps your people around you too yeah, yeah, and you're building your own bull bar too while you're doing that. Mm. You know, because you don't <laughs> yeah, want to hit yeah. them things again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <true laughs> you know? right. yeah. Yeah, and I, I think uh, the the important thing too is like once you've gone through something, it makes it so so much easier to just go through mm. the same thing again. You've got like mm. a mental model of like how to kind of get through it. And then the the biggest thing, like you know, like breakups and stuff. Like one of my mates, he went through like a a breakup a few years ago, and like literally he's just this the other day he had a kid with like his new chick and he's just the happiest guy now you mm. know like just it sent me a photo of him and his wife in the really in the, yeah and they had like a home birth in a pool and there's like a photo of them in the pool with this baby and it was like just two and a half years ago he's in my apartment you know every night fucking devastated and had the breakup and it's just like i'm i'm telling him mate i'm this is a good thing for you. Like you, you can't see it now, mm. but this is a great, a great blessing. You know, you, and the other thing I'd always would try and tell people as well is like, if you're just a good person, if you just wake mm. up, you might have all these fucking problems going on in your life. You yeah. get this bad luck. This has happened, whatever. If there's an, a, an emphasis on you being a good person every day, you'll just come out of it. Mm. It's just, uh, you'd have to be extremely unlucky <laughs> which you can't control your luck anyway no, so you no. so let's not plan on luck yeah. but you would have to be unlucky to be a really great person mm. that's like working on being a great person being really great to other people you would have to have the most fucked up luck ever to just ha have it not work out at the mm. end of the day you know so i think that that's like a thing that i was sort of trying to tell people anyone that's going through shit is like that it will go away at some point but if you just focus on being a good person, you're just like creating all this good luck for yourself. And at some point that good luck pays. But you know, another thing too is as as you age and you get older, you keep learning. Mm. And, and, and some things I go, geez, I wish I knew what I know now yeah. when I was like your age. But that is life. But as long as you keep on learning and as long as you listen to new music, as long as you, yeah. you, know, you, you just keep at it, um, you'll be fine. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing because you know, um, and again, we talked about the forums with the four drives. You know, they probably got to a point and that's it. I'm yeah. not going any further. Yeah, I'll be cranky and bitter and twisted now, and that's how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. You know, and uh, you don't do that. You no. just got to keep on learning, and keep on, uh, you know, absorbing. So when uh, when you first get these contracts mm -hmm. for the first uh, like council sort of deal, oh yeah, so that like world trail starts to become like a, a legitimate thing and i guess well so like what's the when did any of this at any point become an idea for like you could go man i just see cans like we could have all these trails and they could be signed out and they could be marked out everyone mm. knows like when was that a 
was that an idea before it was reality? Yeah. Like that's something that was like a long-term thing. There, there was a thing uh, after the first world championships where a friend of mine said, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's, uh, it was around the, the time of the Olympics in Sydney. Mm. And I was saying, look, I can see a future where, um, you know, I was telling the guys oh, that were I completely forgot about the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was, it was in there and, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, a lot of traffic. <laughs> no, but you know, they're, they're, fences everywhere. Yeah, you know, and and just saying, like I was saying, like I, I can see a, a future where we do trail building as as a as a career, um, and you'll be building. You guys will be working on these trails here, and we'll be on them. But there'll be another job over here that I'll have to go and have a look at, and see how that's going. But I'll come back here and see how that's going. Then we'll move over to this one. And, and this was years, 10 years before that happened. So I could see it happening. I could see it evolving that way. I don't didn't know the right pathway. But um, yeah, there was a time, of course. And then with Cairns, well, we're all proud of Cairns and, uh, and how beautiful it is. And, and you know, we're proud of where you live and you want to show people how you live and why you lived and yeah, you know, yeah. why you're you, you know, yeah. and what, you know, um, and uh, Cairns is lovely like that. So always really wanted Cairns to be, and it naturally, evolve that way anyway you know yeah. so um you know with the world world cups and world championships you know um and and so was derby the first project that was like all right this is what my vision was in a sense like the first like real complete kind of project no. in your mind what was the first one? well the first one was forest in victoria it was one of our first jobs. And Jeremy Hugh, who works for us now yeah. and has worked for us for nearly 18 years, wow. he was the project manager of that, that project. Was that the one that was down like Anglesey? And yeah, yeah. yeah and we yeah, probably yeah. went there for a ride or something like that. But it, it had the same – we had that formula, always had that formula where it has to be so – because UCI always had, especially with the Olympics and, and, and the World Championships, they always had this thing where you weren't allowed to have a race event or a, you know, um, a race uh, in, a, in a town or any more than an hour and a half from a major airport because people are traveling from mm. all over the world to race a downhill or cross country. Last thing they want to do is when they get off a plane, travel more than an hour and a half. Mm. So that was rule one, you know, rule two was beautiful terrain, you know, absolutely wonderful stuff, you know, lakes and waterfalls and forests and whatever escarpments. Next one was uh, beautiful trails. You had to build amazing trails within that environment. Uh, fourth one was uh, opportunities for growth, a little mm. township, you know, there's a pub there or there's some houses, but that's all that's there. But things can grow from that because maybe the a bike shop could be set up in that old service station or, you know, mm. and, and go from there. Uh, and the next one is, um, you know, um, natural progression, as in um, uh, um, basically if it becomes a success, um, it's like, not landlocked. Yeah, formulates mm. itself. Yeah, like it's not like an island. It's not surrounded by, um, it goes, yeah, like towns and suburbia or it's places you private to, property. You yeah. need to grow, you know, natural yeah. progression. You know, you need to, okay, this is a real, you know, this 80 kilometers of trail is hugely successful. We want another 20. Yeah. Oh, we can't. Yeah. We can't yeah. go any further, you know. Yeah. Or um, we'd like to bring in three more shuttle companies, but there's nowhere to go because, you know, so you need that. And then the event overlay. Yeah, you know, okay. If you've built that and you've spent some money on putting all those trails in and we call it the circus, you know, the circus comes along, drops over, picks up and goes away. Yeah. You know, just like, and, and, and if that all works as in like the emergency exits, uh, communication, 
where can you put three outside broadcast trucks and yeah. where can you put 10,000 people with marquees? And you know, we always look at that. Uh, so, so this town had all that. It was fantastic. Um, but you, you have to have 85 kilometres of trail for it to work. Yeah. And so um, uh, it only got so So that's so your far. minimum number? Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. Because you need people to get in a plane, mm. uh, big yeah, groups. Yeah, you can't ride it in a day. You can't ride it in two days. Yeah. Maybe the third or fourth day, you've ridden all the trails, but then you go, I want to piece them. back to the one you want. And in there, if you've ridden three days, you want a day off. Yeah. Because you've ridden the shit out of them. So you want a day. So it extends to about a week. So the sweet spot's about five to seven days. Uh, But if you have anything less, you know, everybody wants the new derby. They want want, uh, a great destination, but only want to throw 20 kilometers of trail at it. It's not... That's going to work, but it's not going to be a destination. That's going to be an hour of power place yeah. where people just go for that. It's like yeah. a local thing. Only. Do not expect yeah. anything else more than that. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we're strict. But, and I mean, it's not rocket science. It was done with ski resorts 80 years ago and 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, you've got to have X amount of runs for X amount of people, not just one run down a hill with one chair left. You know, you've got to have something for everybody. So the 85 kilometers is the sweet spot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anything less really doesn't bring the masses in. Yeah, you know, it may work if it was if it was all gravity. If it was all downhill. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Of course, yeah. that more than enough. But they're all different types of products, you know. So yeah, you've got to be there. You know, uh, visitation. You've got to stay there. You've got to eat from the cafes. You've got to sleep somewhere and yeah. go from there. So Forest came very close, um, and they, a bike shop came in and set it all up. But th- there wasn't enough growth in trails. Mm. It didn't expand. And I think they're doing it now, and I hope they really do, uh, because it's a beautiful place. But anyway, Derby, and and there was a lot of other places around Australia that were very similar with that model we we carried through, but Derby was the first place that actually said yes to everything, mm. and and some, and very proactive, very you know yeah let's do this, let's do that. They were yes, 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 and they could, uh, and it's such an old beautiful place you know tunnels and lakes and yeah. had a history and it's beautiful and an hour and 20 from the airport and uh you know um and it's a little wee town but geez it's gone off yeah you know? i mean it's crap well when so when was the first time i would have gone there with you uh 13 14 really that yeah. long yeah ago? oh hans ray came out but maybe 14 15 yeah maybe it was because it was one of, no it would have been 16 oh, was it? when i did yeah. my kidney Oh, well, you'd know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. we started in 13 looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was already a plan for that area, um, but the plan wasn't going to work. That was kind of Coranda all over again, really, because as soon as you initially got in there, everyone was saying it wouldn't it wouldn't work, like it wasn't the right hill. Oh, yeah, we copped the hiding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that yeah, now yeah, in, in yeah, hindsight? Yeah. But again, if you have faith and you know what you're doing, um, you know, you know it's going to work, and that's where we are now. Like, unfortunately, we have to tell some people say we want the next derby, and we'll go and have a look at it, and they've got the money sitting there. Yeah, so it's you can't have it. Mm. Go and put a static wave pool in, or you know, <laughs> go, you know, yeah. but you're not going to have a mountain bike destination. But we really pull them apart, pull out apart everything, and have a look at it, and see if you can have something that's flex. You know, there, there's a bit of wiggle room both sides. But if it ain't going to work, don't spend the money. Yeah. And most of the time people listen, but sometimes they go, we've already got the money, let's ask somebody else. Mm. And, um, you know, but the mountain biking is going really well. It's going really strong. Uh, planning, destinations around the world. Um, and a lot of it's got to do with Derby. 
Because mm. yeah. it's a template. They've got the data, sorry. And, and yeah. St. Helens and what's happening in Georgetown. And, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even, even for me, like, well, we just had Chucky here. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, my Uncle Glenn's coming on. I was like, Glenn Jacobs. He's like, nah, I, I don't think I heard of him. And I was like, oh, he did Derby. He's like, he did Derby. Yeah. You know, so it's just a, it's, it's a brand now yeah. that people, you know, the fucking dudes at Ride Dakar and like all these different people from all these different, yeah. uh, I guess, like industries, walks of life, they know the, the product Derby. It's kind of like uh, transcended mountain biking in a sense to mm. just a, a legitimate destination yeah. and how crazy even the last time we went like we run into fucking ford gibsy munro like all those guys like just our friends yeah. that were going we had no idea yeah we had no idea that and you soon you turn up there you'll run into people that you know and you're oh, i didn't even for one thing i didn't even know you rode mountain bikes yes you know? yeah and and yeah and people you know and they've just traveled there and uh what's probably bloody amazing after all these years people are turning up and it's their first time Mm. They're turning up and you go, no, I've never been here. And they're turning up and they're frothing over. But the, the repeat visitation is crazy, you know. It's uh, but it, it's it's something that really shows in, you know, the, well, for one thing, the sales of the property. You know, they're, they're mm. going from fifty thousand to a million, and uh, yeah, but that's it, insane. And it hasn't stopped, you know. As in, like the the people come in with ideas, you know, that that guy that came up with the idea of putting a floating, uh, authentic Norwegian floating sauna yeah. on that lake, you know, and it was oh, that's not a bad idea. Holy hell, flat out, you yeah. know. And, and you know, more things like that that attach, that cross-pollinate, you know. And people are going there and they go there because he's done so well at social media and everything. They go they go there and then go into town and go, oh, people mountain bike here. Yeah. Because they're not going there to mountain bike. And the more of that stuff, the better. But the opportunities, that's what I said about that growth, more that's sitting there waiting and the council's got a lot to do yeah, with that yeah. and opening up more things and being open-minded towards a lot of stuff and it's just a pretty place it's beautiful it's like you know uh but anyway that template now it's gone to norway and, and and a lot of other places i was in about three years ago in in switzerland and all they could ask me about was this place called derby because that that's the reach is it you know they've just seen how it's worked so well and people are frothing and having fun and the other thing is you need that accreditation too. That's why yeah. we really push to get EWS. There. Well, that's what I was literally just thinking in yeah. my head. I was like, it's the fucking world champs all over again. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. because you built Derby. Mm. And then and even then I remember people being like, nah, that'll be so shit for the EWS. The trails mm. aren't good enough. They're mm. not gnarly enough. The EWS ends up winning trail of the year. Yeah. At twice. The, twice. At the, oh, twice? <laughs> twice. Twice, yeah, twice. yeah. You know, so uh, it's almost like what happened to you again at the World Champs. So mm. you get this call up after the, you do the World Champs to yeah. go and, you know, be the track builder. Yeah. And then Derby, you, you see like the world recognition that it got from the, yeah. the EWS and then it leads to people that actually do meet the criteria. So I guess is that once Derby's done, mm. that then becomes a challenge for you is sifting through all of these places that want the next derby mm. and you you know what the next derby could be yeah so then has that literally just been the last few years as you just yeah. fishing through all these different people and places to actually go like no you have the criteria this mm. this can and there be. is a number of them yeah you know, right. that it will be so uh, norway's the first one from oh oh no there's a few yeah i mean there's quite a few on the table that are moving at a speed you know but uh, norway is one that is um is there anything yeah. we can pull up to look at it? Is yeah. there any photos and stuff? How'd yeah, you find there, it? Oh, it would be the soil searching pieces on Flow. Yeah, you got soil searching, and also I think Flow might no. Did they do something on Norway? 
Because it'd be cool to just see the the visuals. Yeah, of it. it's yeah. pretty spectacular. It is spectacular. Yeah, I, I think the the um, yeah soil searching one. Yeah, just uh, specialized YouTube yeah. soil searching world trail. I'm gonna get a beer. Get a beer, Maddie. A beer. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's what it's four o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, and it, it like uh, again when we saw it, just keep the audio off it. So yeah, how did what's the process of Norway starting? Well, we were asked to, you know, by a couple of different companies to go and have a look at it. And when we had a look at it, we uh, they wow. had a they had a certain um, idea in their head. And we, as soon as I saw what could happen, um, I suggested a few things. You know, um, if they did this, 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 and this, you'll have it. Doby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and some. Yeah, and some, and uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's bloody. Crazy. This was done so well, by the way. Yeah, was yeah. Farney like the director of this one, or? I, uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah, Farney was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't think of the guy's name now. A really cool, cool guy that filmed it all. Uh, it. It was done so yeah. well. But there's yeah, further on they, they show trails. Uh, yeah, a bit fast forward on, a yeah, little bit yeah. through it. Just try to find some good luck vistas because so they were having a, a similar. Um, Almost, oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a trail that existed there before. Yeah. Um, sorry, they were having the... So they, there was, I, I just remember when they... Inter- oh, wow, that's insane. That's the, what I remember, yeah. When they were interviewing the guy for this piece, hmm. they originally sort of said a similar thing to Derby where they were saying like, oh, no, this isn't good terrain. Like, hmm. this isn't good land in hmm. a sense. And then you guys went through and actually, like, once they saw the way that you guys carved the trail, they were like, wow, we didn't even know this was here. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't know that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff existed up in the hill. Mind you, to give them some credit, Norway is spectacular, you know, and and where where they're used to holidaying up up in the you know those huge fjords and uh, you yeah, know, they, and they are really spectacular. Where this terrain is really just like Canada, you know. You look at it and go, whoa, this is just like you know, like Buzz and all the guys who were working there. They're going, this is this is Canada. And it is. It's just really beautiful, but it's in Norway. And um, again, an hour and a half from major airport and, you know. Um, what are you doing there, Rhodes? Just got to get my car before the place closes. Oh, where are you going to go? Just down across the road where Dunlop is. Can you get Griff to do it? Yeah. Really yeah, cool. sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the whole thing is, uh, uh, yeah, we saw what, again, probably the biggest thing is we're looking with outside eyes. Yeah. Everywhere we go, we were looking because we've not been there. Yeah. So we're we're going to see what everybody else is going to see, and I think that's the luxury. Yeah. So if you make a mountain bike destination in a certain place, you're you know in in an area that when you're from there, you don't really see the amazing things because you're born there, you live there, you yeah yeah go to work there, and you go oh it's where it is where it is, but when you come in. And see it for the first time, you go, whoa! You yeah. see the mountains or the lakes, or but they've been seeing it every day, so it's no big deal. So that's sort of where we were at when we come in and have a look at a place. You have a look at it and go, now this is really special. It's something really nice, and the soil's great. And I know that mountain bikers love it. And uh, the way it's laid out, the valleys, a couple of and look, you don't need big mountains. Mm. People think you need thousand meters or eight hundred meters or seven hundred. Yeah, sure. But not for repeat gravity visitation, up and down, up and down, up and down, a yeah. thousand meters. You'll find if you had a thousand meters, people would be wanting to go from the the halfway point all the time. Yeah. Because that's a long run. Yeah, it's great to ride that long, but you're not going to do 10 runs of that. Yeah. Or 15 runs of it. 
you know, you'll probably only do two or three and you'll be flogged. You know, you want to sit down and have a beer, but at 300 meters or 500 meters, you'll do like 20 runs. Yeah, yeah. Because it's you know just short. You got you can have rest time on the way up, and yeah, there's a certain dynamics in it. As is trail building too. There's you know you just you know the word flow is used a lot. Yeah. But there is a math behind it, and kinetic energy, you know uh, how the trail is designed, and gravitational force, and how. Um, there's a whole science behind it. What your speed, what you're going to do with that speed. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, how you're going to amplify it, how you're going to wash it off. And in certain terrains and certain, you know, angles and everything like that. And yeah, our guys have got that down to a... Well, that that's the craziest you know. thing. Like when you, whenever I explain, if you go ride derby mm. to whenever I explain to people, like if you just, just leave the brakes alone... You yeah. pretty much just be able to do all the jumps, like everything. And so it's like predictability yeah. and flow are like the two biggest things of, you know, being on a world trail. Trail is like you are going to know what's coming up. Like yeah. everything mm. just sets you up. You just don't have to be on the brakes and mm. you can just really flow. And then that flow speed that you've got is enough to do everything perfectly. It's all timed. You know? yeah. It's all set up. It's, and that kinetic energy is, is something. You know, it's unbelievable. Like even... The first time I, I only rode Derby for the first time when we went last, our last trip, but like the biggest thing that blew me away was the the feeling my body was experiencing on the on the trails, certain movements, certain, you know, G's and certain, like, it was like I was walking for the first time because, but <laughs> really? it's, tr- it's true. Like, and I remember we're talking wow. about it after we had a few reds, but like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know call me crazy but like i that's how my mind works i just go off on these weird you know these places and i was like i was just doing like i was feeling things i'd never felt before ready to elevate your home picture this central heating a cozy fireplace or your dream walk-in closet build a backyard oasis go green with solar panels or start a business it's all possible with figures home equity line of credit unlock up to four hundred thousand dollars apply online in five minutes funding in as little as five days head to figure.com and transform your home figure lending llc dba figure equal opportunity lender nmls 1717824 terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information for licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org and i write, i've ridden mountain bikes for 15 20 years you know like it's like it just blew my mind it was mm. incredible but like you said like and I, it was just simply by writing what was created yeah. for what for what it was and yeah. and i think i'm pretty good on a mountain bike i can do the obstacles i'm feared i'm like i can experience it to not it's probably not its fullest but what it's there for and it was absolutely incredible you know and i can't wait to go back yeah it, and it is just all like in the design like mm. the way that yeah. everything is laid out and, and i'm uh, comparing it to like narang <laughs> I'm comparing it to a competitor's product, yeah. Essentially, and I can tell you from mm. my experience, not being biased mm. from whoever I know, but it's it's not even the same fucking thing. It's <laughs> different sports. We're playing different sports, really. Like it's it is honestly like incredible. Yeah, and, and, and you know the, the you know people like Maxi and, and yeah Reese, you know and, just yeah. you know that like I've I've got them up because I I keep forgetting. You know, the, like the stored energy, gravitational energy, kinetic energy, rotational kinetic energy, rotational uh, inertia, motion and velocity, angular velocity, potential energy. Um, so 
the thinking started from the half pipe. Yeah. So you start here and you finish there, but what the fuck do you do between there? Yeah. Pretty damn good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you extrapolate that and throw it, or you know, stretch it out and put it over a trail, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, so you put damn, all those things crazy. together. And when you already have it in your head, how it should be, like, you know, Reese Atkinson and, uh, and, and Maxi. Maxi's, you know, he's, both of those guys are just on it, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, there's a lot of great new crew coming up through the teams. And uh, and we've had a lot of great people too. They've been with us too. And and, and um, if you have to have it inside you and understand all those all yeah. those things. And that way, the trail. You know, when you're riding, you know what you said. You know, it's just free flowing. Yeah. You know, and the word flow is a word. And people say, oh, that's got great flow. Yeah, but hang on, let's try and break that down. And what? Why? Why is it like? Yeah, that? you don't yeah, just yeah. build flow. Mm. You've got to have all these. Here's other a margarita. Elements. What's what's yeah. in it? Yeah. I don't know. It ah. Feels tastes good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's exactly 100%. what it is. You yeah. can't you just go it. like I want flow. Yeah, you're like oh well, then you've got to have all this, and you've got to have. Yeah. It's like a product that yeah. comes together with like a bunch of different ingredients. You have like, to identify. You can't just have flow. Yeah. yeah, where are we going in this world? Like for for mountain biking, anyway. If you can't identify exactly what we're doing and yeah. why and how, you know, it, it, it's you got to sort of. You got to identify it, and then, yeah. then you can teach. And what's it. so beautiful is this it. didn't exist in when when you roll it up at the top of Karanda. Like, nah. it's fucking unbelievable when yeah. you really sit back and you know you listen and you you observe from where you were to where you are now yeah. and what you've created, and it's just it is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think the the other thing too, and it's like part of the sometimes the criticism that like a world trail trail can mm. get from someone that's core. Yeah. is that it's like it's easy or it's built for like a soccer mum or whatever yeah. but i think like the fact that that you guys can build a trail that can span so many different levels yeah. and then the understanding as well like i think it's it's like the land cruiser well no well exactly that it's a spectrum you know yeah. it's like you know who's saying what and in what position you know yeah. Yeah. it's easy to it, it's you know what it's like easiest thing to criticize we cop it all the time because we're a really large company yeah and everybody not everybody but a lot of people that criticize are singular trail builders that go out scratching of an afternoon and that's where i started that's where everybody starts yeah but you can be very critical yeah but you actually don't know the enormity of it yeah, you yeah, the, the, like the legitimate scale. Of yeah, it, uh, it's, so it's beautiful. A finished, it's finished a beautiful product. company. You know, a lot of great stuff happening. But we also, yeah, we build that easy stuff and we build stuff that we've won awards for, you know. Yeah. So, and then there's everything in the middle. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's, I think it speaks as well to, again, like that kind of like the legacy thing or like mm. the, the long-term vision because mountain biking isn't sustainable just mm. on the hardcore motherfuckers that yeah, shred. Yeah. <laughs> you right, know, well, like that's not... It's 1%. They're the people really, that want yeah. the free gear and they're the people that want the bikes for free. And they're the... Like, yeah, there's yeah, no... Yeah. There's that's no, true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. honestly, man, they're, the, they're a rarity now. Yeah, but that's what... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, what you guys have done is almost, like, bought the the sport to mm. the masses mm. and then that then actually has a chance of like legitimately building up an industry like there's a surplus of money and You've then, good, then yeah. you see the the like you said that all the data's there for derby now mm. so the government is going like oh this is crazy there's mm. like all these people that are in this town and then you see like the real estate pricing goes up like there's a crazy follow-on effect from having that vision of all right how do we make something for everyone how how do we like in a way democratize mountain biking and take it to where you know it's the hardcore 
dude can enjoy this, you know, the same trail network as, you know, like a mum and the kids and the... Well, the best, the best example is an airflow and air going. And you guys rode that. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. And, and during EWS... Or that was Pro, pretty much my favourite trail. Yeah, well, and, and you know, um, I even just got a text from Remy Morton, the best thing I've ever ridden, you know. And, oh, really? And... and it, what it is is it's it's you know while the EWS was they, they could go and ride every track but they were just the show riders were just riding that one yeah. you know and it's it, it's our protocol you know and there is a thing we have which is a quark knuckle and a quark knuckle is a certain design of an obstacle <laughs> that is it's has a lot of elements to it um, just like a quark that's yeah, what it's called yeah. It, you know? yeah, yeah. but. We've been working on those things for years and we're, we're, we're bringing it down because if somebody's going to spend some money, as in a government agency, on a trail and it's only to suit one type of person, I don't think that's fair no. for any the industry, for anything. But if it suits everybody and legitimately suits everybody, like pro riders to, you know, not so much a beginner, but you can roll down there with your tyres on the ground if you had to. Yeah, yeah. Or you're in the air most of the way. Yeah. You know, um, so there's a certain style and, and, and um, yeah, it's, it's really critical to have that understanding of yeah. what a trail should be. And I think it's, it's underrated, like I think from, from your end, the fact that you actually had the balls to like plant that flag in the ground mm. and not feel the pressure from the community or like the core yeah. to just build what, you know like the existing people kind of wanted yeah um it's it is quite hard to commit especially when they're your that. mates yeah you know your best mates and they're like bah, 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 you know and sometimes yeah right we didn't make it perfect all the time back in 20 years ago yeah but when you have an idea and an end result you just keep on going you know keep on pushing pushing forward and and so to i guess to keep talking about about norway like so that that's uh is is it are you taking it further than dirt like is there new stuff that you mm. is like new concept like yeah. is this a evolution sort of from there and like what do you see evolution wise yeah it, it's it's endless you know uh because the bikes are evolving mm. and we're evolving and we're going with each other yeah forward and every every destination or every every you know um every track that is built after derby we try and step it up mm. and that doesn't mean it gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah it just gets it's thicker. all about timing yeah and thick yeah thick is yeah, it's a really good one so norway is is uh you know like derby on steroids and we're aiming for it to be the largest in europe uh, destination and we've got the terrain there and everything is man it's there it is there it's just you can't see much from that but it is really what the boys have been building and we only had a small crew we had about 10 people last year yeah we're taking about 25 i think maybe wow. 20 this year that's yeah. crazy logistically yeah. as well oh that like probably people probably don't know it's mm. not like you go over there yeah. and then put an ad in the in the norwegian mm. uh trading post and ask for some diggers to come yeah. up and follow you up on a hill you're actually taking your crew that you guys have trained mm. that have you know that understand all of these elements so yeah. it's like a massive operation you're just oh, like yeah. taking these people and Log shifting their life to to norway to build this logistics truck. it's yeah. crazy it is it is massive and and you're funny you touch on that 
right all all the way through all this. You know, if you wanted, um, you know, you're, you're a builder, and if you wanted uh, to get a builder in to do something or a plumber, you just get. Oh, there's a plumber. I'll get yeah. that. Yeah. Or, or I'd I'd like about three plumbers to come and work for me. Bang. You can't do that with travellers. Mm. There's not not at the moment. We'll laugh at this in years to come. Like you said, there was there was nothing existing all them years ago. So people out riding trails now, uh, building trails. At the- yeah, yeah. They're like back then. There was no trails to ride. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know yeah. something. You know. So you know, looking for a trail builder, and then just because somebody said they're a trail builder. That doesn't mean they're good. Yeah. They may yeah. be amazing, you yeah. know. But Just because someone's got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so, um, but the proof is in the pudding usually with the trail. Yeah. You ride somebody's trail, um, that's it. My, yeah, back to the old sign riding days, you know, somebody come in and look for a, uh, ask for a job. My boss would give him. A turtle looks like an armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it looks like a pig. <laughs> but say, you know, write Toyota for me, please. Yeah. You know, and they would start marking it out with about five minutes. You go, no, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You're not a sign writer. You yeah. know? So it's the same with trail building. You know, there's a lot of people that do, and we've got some great people working for us, and we're really, you know, proud to have those people and hardworking, and they've been with us for a long time, and it's a lifestyle. And it's also it's a career. It's mm. trail building. You can go any if you work for us, you can go anywhere in the world and get a job. You know, so the skills there, everything's really good, but it's really hard to actually get somebody on board. Yeah, um, there's a lot of great people out there, um, but you're just going to get the right ones. You know? Yeah, because they're they speak the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah and there uh, there's a certain level of giving you you sort of like giving up a lot but to get a lot you know it's it's not a clock in clock off like you're living on site like you're it's like a lifestyle that you're kind of um that you're kind of like in signing up for in a sense like when you when you are like a world trail trail builder yeah look in the early days it was really hard because we were doing projects that were only two months long or yeah. three weeks long or five months long but we're really fortunate to have only deal in premium projects, mm. which are two years, three years, or, you know, in this case, every winter in, in, in Europe. But you go there and you live. Mm. And uh, people like, you know, Reese Atkinson and his wife and kids, they move to Tasmania and they base themselves there and, and work there, you know. And if you could live there, you know, and in that case, you know, years and years. But different projects, if you go there for two years, you can set up house there and you know, family and mm. everything, and work on a trail uh, network. Um, but yeah, and then also, I think that there's probably uh, an offshoot of that that isn't maybe in the brief when you're pitching it to companies as such. But I, I really think that the World Trail crew, when they're there building these trails, they are the ones that are actually kickstarting the culture mm. because they're the ones. Like I remember with with Derby, Max Reese. Ryan, they all had such a, a really big part in starting the mountain biking culture, fostering the youth that were there, like, you know, young Miles, and then they're interacting with Buck, and then it's like, it's actually acting, because it's all good to kind of have the trails there, but what you need is like this legitimate culture, and I remember the first times that I was there with you, that that was the big thing, it's like, we got to get this culture, and soon there's going to be bike shops here and then there'll be rides that people will be doing and then there'll be local races and you sort of you're sowing the seeds of the culture 
straight away but it's the it's the crew that's building yeah. the trails first they're the ones that are down on the hill Inspiring. at the bottom yeah. and then going hey we've got this bit of trail come up and test it and yeah. actually so i think that the fact that you've got this these crews that go and live on site they're mm. actually like the ignition point for the culture getting yeah. started as, so right. as well and i think and i think that's so important and probably not something that gets sold from the company's perspective but for anyone that is outside in that would you know contract well it's like i think that's just as valuable as the product itself mm. another thing that i really admire with glenn and the businesses and i've learned over the time you know is like the person with the least amount of responsibility yeah the least amount of responsibility shows the least amount of enthusiasm and what you do with these head trail builders and the staff is like they have the ability to be creative they have mm. the ability to be themselves therefore that's their piece of trail you know and they, yeah, they take art. full responsibility of it and and it shows in their work and and it shows in their enthusiasm because they do have so much responsibility and that's something that i try and encourage through my business with my staff is like no nah, man like do you like if you feel like there's this is how you want to do it do it like you know be a part of it you know own it and and i think that's something that world trail has just done so incredibly well like that's probably more of very much from like an out like someone who's been within the business but not in the business Hmm. like i've been so deep in it for so many years and 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 i just really love that aspect of it you know it's it's a beautiful part of the business so we're really strict on that and there's three if you're a master at three things which is drainage safety and predictability if you're a master you can do anything. Yeah, sick. Anything you like. You're not you're not constrained. You know, yeah. if it's in that, if it's a blue rating or mm, that's yeah. probably what's not. led to like mm. the the features and like these things that then you then own. You're like, dude, that's fucking rad. Let's do this with it. And then it's like, this is a piece of product. Like this is this is a selling point because that's also a part of the business that a lot of people don't understand is like features and and like it's broken down to like so many dimensions yeah. it's insane like the what at um st helens you know the big rock the big feature rock like drop, that yeah. is fucked up like that is such <laughs> a beautiful even if you didn't write it yeah, like probably, it, it, where's that how would we look that uh, up? it's called mac 10 yeah st helens yeah, yeah. Mac 10 but it's st. like helens. there's like the business is like pushed out of that drop it's the business is like crazy from you know where we go talking about (laughs) there it is right there we go talking about like from nothing to like what it is now and then the the broken down layers of good one there yeah that it's so sick honestly it's not just a trap oh it's not it's not even there's but there's more there's so many of them uh mac yeah, the images ones. If you find an image, it's like, yeah, this is this is a hell of a trail. This um, is a fun trail. And the beautiful thing about St Helens, and we identified it earlier on in the piece, that if it's raining in Derby, yeah, and you yeah. booked your holiday well, exactly six, what we six did. months before, yeah. yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pissed down. Yeah, pissed down. So we and, we and you've booked your holidays, you know, six months before. You've brought ten people there, and you're going. All the trails are wet at the moment, and you know, Derby doesn't get too wet. We just went over to St Helens and look at it. It was, you know, it's dry and dusty, and and if it's wet there, it's grippy like Robson's. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, yeah. So it's coming coming up that big rock feature. Yeah, you'll see like I mean I don't know how long that thing took to fucking. No, cut I don't in, know where it is. It's uh, it's here it is coming, coming up, up yeah. to it now. Yeah, and the multiple lines, the A, B, and C lines are really yeah. Like um, so this 
Yeah, and look at that. Yeah, that rock so work. So sick. So it look, looked like all the custom rock work and stuff. And, yeah, and probably one of the biggest things is, you know, St. Helens really brought it out a little bit on, on um, some of the features. Is that we're all riding together and we're all mates. You know, you don't you don't have all friends at the same skill level. Yeah, you, your friends are your friends, and some are better riders than others, yeah. and some are worse riders than others. But if you're your friends, so you're all going for you a ride. You want to do the same ride. The trail should not restrict you in time mm. or feeling. Yeah, that's why having multiple lines, multiple options, but you're all riding around the same speed, and that's where the quark knuckles come in. But also, if you get to the bottom of a trail and you didn't have a good time, you go, I'm a shit rider. No, no. The that's trail, a shit trail. That's a shit trail. Yeah, yeah. Because if you come out thinking you're a shit rider, yeah. that's not cool. You there's know? no there's no bad employees, only bad bosses. <laughs> that's good ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like in that same yeah. vein though, you yeah. know, because it's like, yeah, it's not, yeah, you're not a shit rider. That was just a shit trail. That didn't give you the experience because uh, the feeling of riding a mountain bike and the feeling of flow shouldn't be limited to your skill level on yeah. a bike because then you're just capping like that's a huge barrier and you want to get better yeah you want you just want to get better because you've had a great time and uh, you know the word flow is a difficult word because people when they hear flow they, you they know, mistake it with easy well yeah and it's also like oh berm roller roller berm berm and we often talk about this it could be the nastiest steepest horrible downhill or, or, or you know enduro trail it still has to have a certain degree of flow. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you, you look at a plane coming to land at you know Kulangatter Airport, and you see that's you know the, the stream. What do you call it? The bloody the um, jet stream. Jet stream coming in. It doesn't go like this, janky. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a certain arc to it. Yeah. Jet fighters have that, and so does helicopters. There's a certain arc, mm. and a trail delivers the same type of arc, either long or short. It's still an arc. Yeah. And that's flow. So, flow is not just you know, berms and rollers, it can be really nasty stuff, but it also has to ride yeah, well. Yeah. So, how, yeah. um to, to switch gears a little yep. bit, uh, how has the whole e-bikes changed the industry? Because in, from the moto perspective, mm. we are about to go through the biggest change since fucking probably Ever. bikes. Like yeah. re- really, in, in my opinion, like some people are like, ah, two stroke and four stroke. I'm like, no, fuck the same thing. You're just adding a couple <laughs> extra fucking hits to the piston. This is different. This yeah, is going to change literally everything. And someone, yeah. you come from the mountain bike industry where the change was massive and there was the same original statements around, it's going to fuck this and it's going to fuck that. Nah, there's a fucking, this is bullshit. And yeah. you, you know, you sort of see in that same thing in moto mm. for as a person that has now lived through the e-bike revolution in mountain bikes where mm. what's your thoughts on this upcoming everything can revolution? only get better everything can only get better you know um the number one rule is uh you know it started with 29ers you know people bitching and hating on 29ers yeah but why yeah so what keep riding 26 or 27 well, it's fine <laughs> yeah you don't have to ride it <laughs> yeah don't don't ride it and same as an e-bike you don't have to ride it somebody else because we've gone through we pulled it apart from a trail builder's perspective we couldn't find anything wrong with an e-bike yeah you know so they destroy trails or they you know it's you know no use going through that whole thing because it's all bullshit yeah yeah. Um, mind you 
when you ride e-bikes, you don't ride with somebody that hasn't got an e-bike because they're rude and they're noisy. They'll talk when you're going up the hill. <laughs> well, you know, you, you talk to them, they don't answer back. Yeah. You know, you're going up a hill, you're trying to have a conversation, they're just arrogant, they just won't talk back to you. And all of a sudden, you're climbing a hill and they're making these grunting sounds. And everything like that. <laughs> right. No. Um, look, it, it doesn't matter if you ride an e-bike or a non-e-bike, and it's just the same thing with the motorbike. It's not really going to... It's going to change the industry. But it's um, just going to be new and better yeah, ways. Just, like, uh, I, I can't wait to get mine. Mm. I mean... Uh, You've even, ordered one, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, quite a while ago. And, and uh, you know, and a lot of my friends have too. They're going to be amazing. And if they're not, they're not. Sell the count. What's good? Yeah. <laughs> what's, it's not like I'm the chain around my neck. You know, like, no, but it, they're, they're going to be fantastic. And, and uh, you know, again, we identified it many years ago that you could have a supercross in a shopping center or at, like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's no noise. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, uh, you have to deal with the dust. If you had a supercross in the middle of town at 10.30 at night or you're in, in suburbia, you know, at 10.30 at night. Nobody's going to complain about the noise. Well, the like AC, We've you know. got Reedy Creek here on the Gold Coast yeah. and it was shut down due to... Noise. Noise. Moto land. It's, noise. It still exists. Does it? Yeah, the track's still there. Well, e-bike only and <laughs> you won't even have a problem. Yeah. And Is the Reedy Creek track still there? Yeah. I want to buy it. That's How do we I'm pretty it. sure it's people <laughs> try. But it's like a thing, yeah. Still, and that's like well, it can literally be brought be brought back to life as soon yeah. as this, the e Well, look, time work. time will tell. It's as simple as that. Nobody can forecast anything, but you know, historically, things change. Mm. Just be ready for it. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to deliver if it's better power. Or if it's you know, I'd love an electric Land Cruiser. Yeah. You know, you know it, it'd be so many different things. You could, you know, applications and e bikes are fine on you know mountain bikes, but. Yeah, you could, you know, um, I think the the bad thing, the really, really bad thing about electric motorcycles is that, um, you know, people aren't going to complain. You know, you, you hear three T-strokes go past your house and they're going up into the, you know, up into the scrub. Somebody's on the phone going, there are motorbikes up there. Nobody's going to hear a thing. Mm. Yeah, so it's bad for... Yeah, that side of it, you know, because the people will be able to ride anywhere and nobody's going to hear them and nobody's going to care. Yeah. Not really bad, but you know what I'm saying. It's not really, I can't see anything bad apart from that. And, and But you saw, like, did you see the effect that it had on the industry for a positive in yeah. mountain bikes? Like, it was just yeah. really obvious after how long? Well, 10 years now. Uh, Is that how long? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the first e-bikes were out about then, I think. So what Ma- year would oh, maybe been, eight years. Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It'd be probably seven or eight years, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, Google that, Ron. See when the first... Levo. It was Specialised Levo was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's probably only five years. It seems, mm, seems like it's a been lot around, longer, yeah. you know. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, the first electric motorbike, a uh, mountain bike. The yeah. Montag. Uh, uh, Ali Vo. First MTB leap, uh, first specialized Levo. Yeah. What year did they come out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How's that? First. Fuck, oh, that's crazy. There it is. There. What year is that? Fifteen. 
12. Special well, oh, bang. 10 years. Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's no, but it, it felt like it was a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, Just accept them, mate. It's fine. We'll give them yeah. the cookies. And, and, um, March 2012. Yeah. The world changed. Yeah, and here it is. Yeah. So it's over. It's oh, over wait up. Years. So go down, Rones. Go down. Go down. So March tw- 2012, Specialized presented its first e-bike in 2012, the Turbo. However, it wasn't an e-MTB, but an urban e-bike. So ah, then okay. go down, go down, All right. uh, up a bit. On 15. July 5, 2015, so you're only a couple of years out, yeah. the mountain bike world was brought to a halt. It was the day Specialized presented the first Turbo Levo, the day when the heads of bike engineers around the world really started wearing into action. Specialized had raised the bar for all mountain bike manufacturers and raised it very high. That bike still stands up to this day. Yeah, yeah we've got we've got four of them in our fleet, like for the um, uh, machine operators to get into their machines if they're a long way. They just keep going. They just keep going. I remember your you had that blue one. You had two oh. of them, and I sent that fucking blue one down the rock garden at Smithfield. It's going, and Glenn's like, "Was that my motor?" Like, I think it was. Oh yeah, when we did it with Courtney. Oh yeah, Courtney. Yeah. That day that oh, he, yeah. he rode the worlds on his cross country bike, and he was like, "I don't know about this." They had like one inch of travel. Yeah, but yeah, like that's it's crazy that they bought out. A bike in fifteen that yeah it's still and now like the, 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 the theme is the the super light the SL yeah. uh, the Kenevo SL my favorite bike is super because you're still pedaling it has a little bit of power and it yeah, everything about it's beautiful you know um that super lightweight and they've got a heap of suspension and and, and so so they're going to be here and they're going to keep on going and it's going to be fine and and you know it's not going to you know nothing's really going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be ordinary bikes and there's going to be e-bikes, you know. And uh, with the motorbikes, they may be the same. Uh, but I think, you know, I think a lot of people secretly are waiting for them. Yeah, they, you know, like I'd love a a, a road bike like my Vitpillen. Yeah, you know, a seven hundred one. I'd keep that for the rest of my life until an e- uh, electric one came out. Yeah, I'd get one of them. You know, just because it's what's wrong with it. Yeah, you know, it's and you know. Probably like, you know, electric chainsaws and electric things like that. If, if nobody's purchasing them, they're not going to evolve. Yeah, other, yeah, you know? yeah. So there's got to be a group of people purchasing and going, yeah. look, they may not be the best. Why wait five years to get a good one? Why not just buy it now and experience and have fun? Yeah. And yeah, it may have some little problems here and there, but I don't think so, mm. you know. And, and they're going to evolve. They're going to get better with every model, every couple yeah, of years. They're gonna... in, look at the cars. For in, the car yeah. thing's just incredible, you know. Like yeah. with what's the the Ford over in America you can it's got enough ba- like power source to run your house for like yeah there's, there's some of them now even like Mitsubishi releasing yeah. the new Outlander the the power like the power unit it's got like a reverse um, output so like say for instance if you know your, your power's Cyclone out and you need or, to run your fridge yeah 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 you're literally just fucking plugging your car in and it just puts it back into the power or you turn the power off in the hat like it's 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 kind of the invention like it's there so you don't have to take a jenny or your conventional family don't have all these things they can you know they can take items from a house to go camping or mm. it's it's not really reverse engineering but no, it's it's, uh, it's it's sort of flipping it around going but you can do this too yeah it's crazy well, I it's, think it's a beautiful thing and, and and God like with the adventure bikes and stuff too like having that hybrid where you don't you you know you don't it is it is fuel but then you know then you've got your battery source to take 
you know, you, you, you blow up mattress and you tan mm. and you, you can, you know, you can run these types of items off it. You know, mm. that's that hybrid model, which I'm sure exists already across a number of products, but there is no negative to it. You mm. know, I'm sure they have to mine certain, you know, minerals or, you know, essentials and other aspects, you know, mm. to create this, but the, I've got out- the data on that too. Yeah. But the output is really? phenomenal. Yeah. The output is incredible for what it, provides for us as humans well well that's the thing too like i think uh <clears throat> that's the genius of elon musk of basically saying we want to move to this sustainable technology but that just isn't enough for people like just go oh hey i mean i know you like your iphone but it's made with these fucking child slave or whatever this is yeah. the real phone that you should be using but it's like janky as fuck it doesn't look as good it doesn't feel nice in your hand it weighs a bunch like it, yeah. it gives a f- I don't care that it's sustainable like yeah. it, it's just not as good yeah. and I think that that's the that's the the way that Elon backdoored this whole thing is he just made a product that was overall better that you couldn't you didn't have to give a fuck about sustainability you didn't have to be a vegan hippie that lived in Byron Bay to own one of these things because you're doing it for the cause you're just doing it because it's better and that's I think that's the big question with the the Stark and from the people that I've spoken to that have ridden the the new electric bike is they're just saying it is a better motorcycle so it's just like fuck fuck it sold like, yeah. <laughs> well they're not going to bring it out and I say it only lasts 10 minutes but honestly that's yeah. what evolution of any product is that's why uh, you sell a 2015 and you buy a 2016 <laughs> because that's oh, it's got better <laughs> sick happy days yeah, yeah these fucking I'll, I'll lose two and I'll, I'll fucking I'll get a new one. Oh, yeah. it's got better brat like it's yeah. it's just a part of, and it's a part of business I was too. just trying to find that for you and I, I you got it? Yeah, I, I, I've got it here somewhere. Because um, that, that's the big argument as well. Like, it's fun, the, the Stark video that I'm going to make, I'm going to kind of try and go into detail a little bit of like people's counterpoints. But, but I don't. That is one of the counterpoints is like, ah, oh, yeah, but it takes this and this. Yeah, and you but gotta, honestly, huh, it doesn't matter. They don't fucking know. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> they don't. Like, mm. nine times out of ten, those people that have those opinions, yeah, they, they don't just know don't shit. fucking know anything. Well, we, yeah. And yeah. I don't mean to be an asshole, but yeah. Well, it's, it's quite true. And you know what? I don't know. I, don't I wouldn't have a fucking yeah. clue. And that's oh, where... No. I can't find it, sorry. Uh, so what yeah. were you looking for? Maybe Rones can find it. Oh, no, it was an email sent to me by Specialized and it was for that ride to work day. Uh, uh, Earth Day. That's what it was. Yeah, search Earth it. Day. You'll yeah, find got it. it. And it's just oh, really cool. Up like, um, that's like the, is that like the Red Bull email where they send you and tell you how healthy Red Bull actually is? I don't know. <laughs> Glenn? You're about to read propaganda, yeah. <laughs> specialized Con- propaganda, conspiracy theories. Eh? Yeah. yeah, no, no. Um, Do I need to put on fucking the alfoil hat to listen to this email or what? Oh uh, come on! <laughs> Move the Wi-Fi router. Is it in here? Oh yeah, yeah. fucking five G. Fucking five G. Yeah. Well, we can't do that. This is so hard. Yeah. Someone should build a better. Yeah, one. yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, it's um, no. So they basically, so they basically were saying that. Well, exactly what what the data is on on batteries and you know, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And they would have it too. It's an incredible company. And and you can't because you know you can't just send that out and it's not true. Yeah. You know, it's so I'll get it out for you. It's especially for that. Have you got the stock? The be. Yeah, pull out the stock. Do you want to see it? Because I keep looking at it. Oh, it's <laughs> it's beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, 
Jonesy. Yeah, but you know what? That's <laughs> skitty. I can't wait to ride a fucking March. Stark e-bike with oh. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is the thing we were saying before. What are they, what are they going to be? They're, like an e-bike is an e-bike, mountain bike. What do we call it? Oh, they've, got to, they've got to have a name. Fucking look at the thing. E-ride? Elon? E-moto? <laughs> <laughs> Elon. Elon? Uh, yeah, no, see, that, that is beautiful. Yeah, that is. A, yeah. And that, he's done the exact same thing. They've gone, okay, here's a dirt bike. How do we just make it way better? And we're, all right, we also have this electric sustainability narrative mm. that we want to push, but here's just this better motorcycle. And, like, I look at it from a fucking vet rider point of view that wants all the cooler shit. And it's like even the triple clamps are like the, it's like aftermarket triple clamps. Yeah, and right. the, yeah, yeah. They've built the foot pegs, are like the lightest foot pegs that have ever been made. And they've just gone to like a crazy extent mm. to make a really good motorcycle. And I think that's what it takes. And I think that like Alta, the, you remember the Alta motorcycle? Yeah. They yeah. Were, so they were, the, they went broke. I mean, well, Harley bought them and then I think that they just kind of chopped them out mm. sort of at the knees kind of thing. Um, but they didn't necessarily build a better motorcycle. They built an electric motorcycle. Whereas I think this one, without riding it yet, I think and you're going to ride it soon. Yeah, in like two weeks. Huh. So they've built. I think that they've just built a better motorcycle that that's electric, and that's how this company wins. Is if they have built a better motorcycle that is electric, not built an electric motorcycle. If that makes sense. Hmm. That's beautiful, and just a sound. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, we've it? got that block of land. We've like right <laughs> next to the warehouse. Nobody's going to know. What, dude, if I had a fucking Stark right now, guaranteed I would be riding it from work and I'd be motoring in there when, they're, when they've knocked off and no one would know. And then I'd push it back to charge it and I'd let it charge for however long it needs charge and then I'd fucking ride it back yeah. there. You could just do motos on vacant blocks of land. No or one, no one you, would give a fuck. Or if you had a car with the battery, you'd just have a drink, plug it in. Yeah. There you go. Have your Jenny at the track. No, yeah. you wouldn't need your Jenny because you got your car. Well, you got your electric car. Yeah, but you yeah. know, like, uh, you know, the Cairns Showground mm. where, you know, like, big bands would come and play there. They had to be out by 9.30 or 10 because yeah, people because live there. Yeah, because of the noise, yeah. And Supercross was the same. You have to be out by a certain time. They used Big to do a stadium out there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was bloody. I don't remember that. I maybe oh, vaguely no, remember way it. Way before your time. Oh, that would have the been the ones, anyway. the freestyle demos. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. At the well, show. Um, Palmsy yeah, used to do those. Daryl Lyons and all them. Yeah, yeah, they were big. But the Supercross there. So they so actually they had, did a Supercross there? Yeah, many times, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. wonder if and there's a photo like, of that. Oh, who was there? I've got a photo of us at a party afterwards <laughs> no <laughs> it was type like in, type in Cairns Supercross Cairns Showground Supercross yeah, I wonder yeah. if there would be anything surely the Cairns post has something Bell and Gawley and yeah it was a uh, long time ago uh, not, not a lot no there wasn't cameras in those days it was nah. that long ago yeah yeah Steam driven. You maybe. might find Jason's photo of Jason a fight on this page. Yeah. I'll be belting someone at the Cairns Motorcycle Club. <laughs> no shit. It's funny, huh? Oh, fucking uh, funny. Oh, wait, go there. Go to that one. Go down a bit, Rones. Go up, 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 left, left. Ride a dirt bike near Cairns. Yeah, click on that one. That was the start gates. That's that's our club track. That's where we grew up racing. That's, I was president of that club. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was nineteen, 
No yeah. shit. Yeah. Who let you do that? I don't 19? know. I don't think there was anybody available. <laughs> <laughs> was there more tracks in Cairns than than just that one? What, oh, was, there was, what was the one behind Stocklands? They used to have a pony. Oh, the, yeah, there. yeah. That that was years later. That was yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. Yeah, that. I have vague memories, and it had the big creek. The yeah, crate. yeah, the pony yeah. and the crocodiles. Yeah, no, that drain it had crocodiles in it, and they oh, said, it, they, you "Don't do that." That 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 put bunting on the last two corner, like two of the corners that went down into that creek, because somebody spotted a crocodile. Mm. So you actually had to turn earlier you know but it was a pony club yeah and the pony club was oh it was yeah. yeah and it was great and it was the best land it was so beautiful and they just needed to they were going to lose it or something so they said let's get well, another club the in here it was the only motorbikes yeah they built the shopping center oh no no it wasn't no, there it, no it, it wasn't was there. behind kennedy yeah kennedy the race course yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. i remember fucking mel used to keep her horse there Oh, there you go. At the thing. No, I, yeah. Yeah, so that's where the track was. There was yeah, a track right at there. the horse. And there was two creeks that intersected there. Yeah, it was quite, it was really nice. The soil was beautiful. But there was a lot. There was uh, one out in Edmonton. Edmonton went further out into the mangroves, Dad was saying. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to have Pony Expresses through there. Did you know that, and, Jase? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so after the first turn, you know, you turn left. Yeah. So past that back berm, it's just all sand. Really? Yeah. And Dad said they used to have a Pony Express yeah. and go all the way out there. Yeah. Dodging crocs and oh, they were yeah. And I actually saw a guy shoot over that berm one. It was from Innisfarley. His name was Johnny Powell, and he shot over. The, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's gone over the edge!" And he's landed in the mangroves, you know. And they've got him out. They got him out and the bike, and some other guy. He's got there. He's like, "We going? You're right." He goes, "No." What's wrong with you? Like we looked, and there was a stick that went through his helmet, through his mouth, and out, through his cheek. Ah, oh, yeah, in the old days. But yeah, that whole area. But there was a motocross track um, at uh, Mount Peter Road. Uh, really? Right round, if you went out the back of Edmonton, around the back way. Um, yeah, there was one there and there was another one around the corner from there. There was a few motocross tracks. Mm. I think a lot of places, like here would be the same on the Gold Coast or... Yeah. Like it's just that whole, you know, the noise thing. Like if we had the yeah. electric thing... Well, that's what I'm saying, you know... You, you could have a block of land at like 20 hectares. Yeah. And well, you put a, a motocross track in. And you'd still... And the horses are next door. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to accept for the dust. <clears throat> that's nah. all you have to worry about. And that's the only thing you have to worry about. Which yeah. is easy to fix. Yeah. These, really. And you may see them burnouts when they leave, you know, down yeah. the road. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's like with northern New South Wales. Like, it's honestly like there's no better place on the East Coast to have a motorcycle like that a region. Track, yeah. You know, and, and it's just full of, you know, it's full of farmers and... Hmm. Excuse me, like quiet town, like it's full of people that don't want riffraff, you know, and mm. the riffraff's the noise. So mm. Bangalore, you know, like all those amazing spots. But as soon as we have this type of, you know, motorcycle and, and it's accessible and affordable, like Jesus. It's not going to be a problem. I'll tell you it's now, gonna, it's going to change yeah. a lot of things. Because yeah. when you look at it, and we would do it also, if you live down Mount Peter Road and four o'clock in the afternoon, white, a couple of... You know, two strokes screaming past your your, yeah. your portrait like that, you'd be damn things, and you ride, yeah, and that annoys you, yeah. You know, when yeah. it's too close to you or, or something yeah. like that, you're not jealous or anything like that. You just don't like the noise sometimes. If you're on a racetrack, it's fine, yeah. But um, if you can't hear it, nobody's going to complain. Mm. Yeah, it's going to. And that's what I was saying be. before about like nobody's going to care what you're doing out there because mm. they can't hear you. Well, and the the thing is like. I want to buy a property somewhere at some point, have my own track, have the my own setup, 
how far have you got to go? I think that's kind of half yeah. It's the not point region that, specific anymore. Well, I think what you were sort of getting at before is like, how much land have you got to buy and where these days to not piss someone off? Yeah, it's fucking borderline impossible. Yeah. But then it's like you go to like Canungra, forty minutes from here, most beautiful land, but it's fairly developed. You you could have the most perfect land in the world for a motocross track, but you still can't put a motor, motocross track on it you because of the noise. Now you could. Who gives a fuck where your neighbours are? What are they going to say? They're going to be angry at that. All the only criticism they would be able to make if there's no dust is like, fuck, they're having too much fun. <laughs> like That's usually the case. They just get pissed off because you're having so much yeah. fun. Turning but, motorcycles into puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Shape them like puppies. <laughs> he's jumping on me. What, he's, he's, what, you don't like him? He's having too much fun? You don't, what, you, you don't like You don't like dogs? You don't like dogs? You're going to hell! <laughs> <laughs> but you could get land almost anywhere. Yeah. As long as you've got enough room. Mm. Like, fuck, I want to be the dude that's like got a quarter acre block in Burley that's got a fucking supercross track over every inch of node like if there's not a building on this part of the land then there'll be a fucking stark track on it and i think that that'll be i think that's when people or like i was talking to um when i had buttery on the podcast we were talking about imagine this is my vision for it that i think would just and i think this is kind of the important thing people should think about is like all right we've got this like abstract technology now essentially coming into the motorcycling industry mm. let's think about how we can use this to just like this is our cast net yep. like we're gonna fucking rope all these people into the sport now because of this mm. you think about a warehouse like this or you'd need a bigger yeah. one than this let's say you got a warehouse three times larger than this <laughs> and, uh, and you get 10 electric 50s and all of a sudden you've got after school care yeah and oh, you, yeah, yeah, right, you know yeah. you get like mum she used to drop Amy off at dancing every day after school and then you'd go and you've got your curriculum and you got your dancing teacher and you'd learn your dances and then they pick you up at six drop you off at four pick you up at six do that for your fucking motorbikes yeah. now and then it's like imagine how many kids would go like oh my my mate Billy he he his parents drive drop him off at the after school moto care and then you just get to the warehouse, your kid's got your gear bag that you pack and, you know, like right. all the no barriers to entry. They can do it in town. Mum can drop them off because it's convenient. You know, like imagine that motocross becomes a thing that you do because it's convenient. Like you take your kid there after school, you that, fucking leave him for a couple of hours, comes home and he's pumped. Well, also think of it this way is uh, you could have a motocross track um, on sand and sustainable, you know, as in like it's sand. Yeah. You know, not on a beach, but you, there's some areas that there's is flat sand and it's private property, and you can just yeah, run it yeah. on the sand and yeah. still still have to water it down. So, um, you know, if you can't hear it, it's not going to be a problem. The only little thing that will will raise its head is what's in the like, say, the council bylaws. Yeah, you can't yeah, ride yeah. a motorcycle, but you go, hang on, yeah, it's a motorcycle, but you can't hear it. Yeah. So, what was the problem with the motorcycle before? Was the noise? Was the noise? Yeah. But that that's gone now. So I think there'd have to be some wording change here mm. and there because it's not really, honestly, not going to be a problem. But well, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we've been motorbikes our whole life. We can't foresee a problem, can we? Yeah, no, no exactly. Yeah, um, I think even like there's some. The Australian government has some like tax, yeah, implementation implementations if like you have an electric vehicle. So I'm gonna, I'm interested to see like oh if you can get like rebates and shit like no nah, like well they enforce so if you have an electric vehicle I'm pretty sure you pay a certain amount of tax so don't quote me on it I don't know ex- uh, exactly how it works but if there's like 
in New Zealand, for instance, if you buy an electric vehicle, you get you don't get you get sixteen hundred dollars cash, and it's not from the car dealership. It's not from hmm. it's from the fucking government. Well, you should see Norway and like really? the thing is Australia. Yeah. It's just so, it's just tip like not being a negative Nancy, but like that just doesn't exist for us. There's no like if anything, it's like oh hang on like news over you like news over you <laughs> fucking head. hey what what, what, what are you driving you know, Triton what I, the fuck are you driving why is it <laughs> why haven't you been to a service station in twelve months <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like but like I did I bought a Twix <laughs> yeah. oh mind you we, we we every time we charge up on the road in Norway in in, in an electric car we had to pay yeah it wasn't free yeah oh yeah. really yeah, yeah you pull up to a a Bowser you yeah, know yeah. and you sit there for forty minutes or half an hour you pay for that. Yeah. So and and they're all private companies, mm. you know. So it's not just the yeah, only is one is Tesla, yeah. where you get free. And I don't think that's yeah. Going to Who's be the forever. one? There's a big one in Australia, very bizarre, um, bizarre company. When I was at Mitsubishi the other day, they had them like set up, and it was just like a charging station, but it was made from like a company that you wouldn't think it was. I should have paid more attention. Yeah, but, but you, yeah. yeah um, I think a, in in the way a Mitsubishi Triton is about. 80 or 100 grand for just a normal gas powered yep and and it's another 10 don't quote me on this but you know i think it's another 10 or 20 grand to have the seat the back door it's a four door four wheel drive triton but you don't have back seats it's another 10 or 20 grand for back seats what yeah because that work are they trying to discourage yes like every third, fourth car, it feels like, like I think it's sixty percent mm. of their cars are electric. Yeah. But every third or fourth car, fourth car looks like it's you know it's a Tesla. Tesla, another one. Tesla, three Teslas around. Tesla, Tesla, <laughs> and not not just Norway. The whole you know yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. Region, that region they're embracing it, and it's just like it's no but, big deal. And that that's because when you go to Norway's a crazy fucking place. Have you ever seen like the fjords in Norway? Like have you ever, go just type in like Norway fjord. How do you spell fjord? F- oh, good work, yeah. friends. There you go. FJ something. <laughs> when I flew to Norway, it, I was yeah, that's right. You went fucking yeah. mind blown. Like I, I never, whenever yeah, I, I really want to go when you go back, Glenn, I'll come stay. Nah, this yeah. doesn't do it justice. You got to well, get this one over here. You know, like you got to do like a real zoomed out view. The one here with the waterfall is not far from um, Flam. Oh yeah, yeah. So and that's the town that you're in. No, no, it's a, no. We're at Flow, so this that's how anyway, crazy is it that the town you're building Flow Trails in is called Flow? It's crazy. That yeah. is ridiculous. Flow. But we need like a more zoomed out so you can see how many of them there are. Oh, you just go, just yeah, Google and just wah out. There's millions of them. <laughs> maps. Go maps. Go yeah, go maps. Yeah, maybe try go. that, and then the satellite view. But the the biggest thing that I think we're about to see. So yeah, zoom in and then go to the layers. Cha- yeah, go to. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere there. Like, um, dude, you fly over it, and it is ridiculous. Mm. Like just these fingers of these How fjords everywhere. The fucking earth, bro. <laughs> so this is why they're pushing the electric thing so hard is because they've got this yeah, and they yeah. don't want to spoil it. They like they put, yeah. they put such a premium. Like I'm, I was there in maybe 2015 mm. or something like that. Everything was about sustainability. Everything was about like protecting the ecosystem. We we ate it. We stayed at the ex machina place. The, yeah, right. Yeah. The, you remember oh yeah, that, you did you say that. that yeah, movie? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, no. You, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. we stayed at that hotel, 
and the their stipulations were they wouldn't eat food uh, or any produce that wasn't from within like 15 miles of the hotel. So that's how serious they took sustainability. But I remember when I flew in there, I hadn't, I never used to Google. You didn't know what to expect. I never you? Googled anything. Yeah. I just got, got my ticket and I went yeah. to the place and I was excited every time I, that I went there, you know. I remember seeing this and I was honestly fucking flabbergasted at how beautiful Norway is. So that makes total sense that they're like, nah, sorry, you got to pay through the arse to have a motor, a, a gas powered vehicle. Yeah, and um, you can't four-wheel drive or moto either. Really? Yeah. No motor? And most of, the la- most of the land you're looking at is there is private. Really? All Norway, yeah. I think like there's a percentage, and again, don't quote me, but I, a majority of it is private. Wow. So we met this one guy. Uh, we're at this resort up higher and we met him at, at uh and he just pulled up in a truck and we're talking to him and he showed us where his land went and it was over the horizon there was a mountain with snow on it and a big lake and everything it was all his he just ended up with it and some you know like like yeah generations before you know but if you go and fish in that lake and catch any fish you have to ask him gotta give him a fill yeah and yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but um so we're here, sick. it's different, you know. But um, the biggest thing that I also noticed, and, and we're, we're experiencing it now, and I will say in three to four years, or probably not even that long, um, it'll be massive here in Australia. And just the perception how people, Australians, will see it, or anywhere else, are the scooters, electric scooters. Yeah. Because in Norway, that's just a way of life. Yeah. You pull up on the train, you get out of the train station, or you go and park your car, you pull up, oh, sorry, not Norway, Oslo, yeah. any of the main towns, you pull up in. You automatically walk over, scan a scooter, and go. Yeah. And then you go wherever oh, like you're going. like a public scooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, whether they bird or... Lime um, or whatever. Lime or yeah, any of yeah. them, yeah. And you just go, but And, you know, you have to have an account, but you jump on it and go, and then you pull up. You say you go to a bar or you go to a motorbike shop or somewhere, and you just park it, go inside. It's gone when you come out because somebody else has scanned it, gone, but there's another one there and scanned it. Yeah, yeah. And, and realistically, that is the most amazing thing for our culture I believe in the future because you can just us here now are going to your place we'll just come with a scooter and go but you'll probably own it yeah. you know um, Troy Duncan's young fella pulled up at our shed yesterday and he's it's got a four wheel drive like a all wheel like two wheel drive not four wheel drive yeah. but big fat tyres suspension it's huge and he he had a Kinevo yeah. an e-bike and he sold it to get that Wow. Because now he can run around town and everything mm. like that. And uh, I think they made him illegal in New South Wales. And they, they're cutting, they're, they're jumping on him. Fucking crazy. It's crazy, eh? But through the city, I mean, you get on one of them and, and, you know, people are chipping them, they go faster and everything like that. Yes, there is going to be ongoing problems like that. Yeah, but, but there the, is also. The percentage of. It's again like mm. having this conversation. It's like Woolworths with the self checkout. How many people would fucking you know chuck the old app one extra apple in the percentage outweighs (laughs) or eat all the grapes before you get there (laughs) but you know what i do it with the salami sticks i've stolen so many fucking don't stay publicly mate dude i do it with toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) but honestly shit point that we're all all thieves (laughs) bust and go to the toilet let's go to the but it fucking out like yeah. Even if every yeah, person, know, yeah. it's way, it's gonna be way more sustainable mm. than fucking hiring six people or like not saying mm. you should minimize yeah. jobs, but it's like it makes sense. 
That's oh. also fun. You know, you, you, you're talking <laughs> to each other. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I know. I thought we were back on scooters. You're fucking sick, Glenn. You're fucking sick. I thought we were back on scooters. There are children listening. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I thought you were back on scooters. But yeah, you get on scooters. Yeah, you, you turn up and they're there and you just go and yeah. you're in a group. But all I'm saying yeah. is like the mi- my j- minority, there is always going to be some. Yeah, yeah always going to be some. Chipping going to mess with it. Yeah. But, but they're the you minority. Don't, you don't no. stop it. Like no. Woolworths, Coles aren't going to stop it because it, old mate, fucking yeah. operations managers listen to this podcast and go, oh, there's two guns back door. Still on door. We're shutting it down. It's, it's, it's just back to check out. Yeah. Just knock yeah. it up two cents. So, yeah. So anyway, all that, that type of stuff is in where we are going. It's great, you know, to, to still ride a mountain bike that is just standard or have an e-bike and a motorbike and all these things, you know, and it, it may not be battery. It, you know, it could be nuclear. It could be something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It could be a Imagine quite how sick yeah. a nuclear fucking bike would be. Like a little tiny nuclear like reactor in there and the fucking thing would just literally last forever. Like, I mean, they wouldn't build it for that reason because yeah. you have one bike that would literally last you forever. But the, the yeah. power's like, the, the, you know, generating power... I think we're nowhere near where it can happen. Nah, not no, not even close. Yeah, absorbing it's only it just from started. Your, yeah, we're so literally like well, the infant stages exciting. of the whole thing. Yeah. Exciting. There's a there's a really good podcast. Um, this Aussie guy did. I actually really want to get him on this podcast. He's an Australian scientist, and uh, he talks to Naval a lot. That's how I he yeah, does heaps of shit with Naval. But he basically did this whole podcast mm. on this whole. He calls it like a fallacy of like limited resources. He's like, all resources are is just information and technology. So mm. we, he goes, oil isn't a resource until you have the technology to and the it. information to convert it. Yeah, so it's an information mm. problem. So we don't have a resource mm. scarcity. Exactly. We have an information and a technology problem. And that's basically what we're seeing now with, with the electric is that it's just more information and more technology is creating a new resource. Mm. And it's like f- nuclear fusion, that's the that's the holy grail of power that everyone's trying to get to, mm-hmm. and again, technology and information. So, but it's the same mental health, like all that. Like it's all due to a people having a lack of information of how the mind works or yeah. how power is generated. So true. Or, like yeah. it's it's a hundred percent right, and that's yeah. only going to get better. I hope so. Yeah, well, I think, it, can't, it can't not. You know, yeah. like you just got to find. I think, I think it'll get better. It won't get better for the masses because of so many more distractions. I per, this is my personal, you know, what I think is like. I feel like there's more and more of this because people are so distracted and things that aren't actually usable information. Yeah. You know, like algorithms feeding people yeah, videos yeah. of fucking people dancing with like we sat on the couch just before for thirteen minutes <laughs> and lost got dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dog sneezing. You know, like yeah. what the fuck? We're not gonna invent anything nuclear by no, no. no, no, so, no, but no, I, no, but what I feel yeah, like yeah. is there will be people there's gonna be more people like the mass and old mate and like for instance, who are Stark? Then, hmm. who will there will be more and more of that? But I don't think the masses are going to get. No, they will. Like yeah. the, you know, it, it'll be just look, a long it, tail. It, look, you know, it's like this thing, the phone. Like when it came out, everybody lost their shit. It was so crazy, but everybody's got one, so it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's and you, you know, you said you know, touch on mental health and and like a hundred years ago. 
didn't exist. Well, yeah, no, it did. You know, shell shock and uh, yeah, all all the shit. But it <laughs> didn't. Have, but it didn't have a name. Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, ADHD. ADHD. You know. Uh, you That's know, like. Lost it. <laughs> Love. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you so, looking at? <laughs> Love is a full pot of potatoes now. Uh, Fucking get busy. Start peeling. Sorry, you know, uh, Asperger's or, you know, like all these things that we found out what, you know, th- there's problems with, not problems, but there's symptoms and stuff like that where before you do that, that person's pretty arrogant. Yeah. That person's yeah. pretty rude or that person's this, that. Now you go, actually, we understand it. And what you just said before, which is right, it's knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And more knowledge we gain in, in that area, it's, it's going to be better for everybody and how you can actually right. help yourself and help other people, other people. too. Yeah, um, 100% that's the exciting things is there's you know it's not so much appeal it's actually yeah. understanding yeah. and how we can get it and know. I've I've like there's not a lot of people that I can have this conversation with but like I know us three when we get together we just fully feed off each other on this topic like it's yeah. the fucking coolest topic ever but I like it's once you understand like once you're in the rabbit hole of that topic it's so powerful and so beneficial for you as a person and mm. I know for a fact I try and push it on people because it's good like and I like we'll go down the rabbit hole in so many different instances so for me you are right like it is good that we have this understanding because we can share it for others you know and not be selfish with that information mm. amen mm. I like, I like no, talking about no, that. No, no, it's no, it's it's so fucking true. Yeah, and I think that uh, that we we well, we even spoke about it at lunch. It's like the I think the way that I'm framing it these days is just like bad ideas. There's not yeah, bad. There's not bad people. There's just bad ideas. Yeah, because there's a there's a interesting uh, yeah, on we, weeds. we were yeah we were talking about it the other day. Yeah, like there's a there's a really cool. Um, it's like a Sam a Sam Harris idea, like that he kind of puts forward. He he, he talks about it a lot with uh, with like terrorism and like through the sort of early two thousands with like terrorism, jihadism, and all that sort of stuff. And then he said that the problem is is when you label people as bad people, mm. because then it's like a it's this outside instance that you sort of just don't really have any control over, and you just you that's what makes you a victim. You're a victim of like this bad person. When you demonize people, yeah, it, you start it, demonizing. Yeah. yeah, and and so what basically what what he puts forward is that they're not bad people. Even a jihadist, like someone that blows himself up like a suicide bomber. Mm he's literally thinks that he has the right idea about mm. the universe mm. and a right idea about reality. Like his version of reality is that he blows up himself and he kills these infidels. And then he goes to, uh, the, you know, Islamic heaven. And then he's got his 42, like they je- they believe that. So that's like a person believing one plus one equals three. Mm. And then there's the people with the right information that go, Hey man, there's no fucking virgins. Like it just, it is what it is. It's just, mm. There's no, there's no evidence that you can point to anywhere that would say that that is the the correct thing and that's a good idea. That's you saying one plus one equals three, and then once you tell like once somebody sees for themselves that one plus one equals two, then you can't un understand mm. something that you understand in that way so it's like again it's just everyone like if if someone's just holding on to this bad idea then it doesn't make them a bad person it just means that they don't yet have like a functioning model of the world and then i think that that makes it so much 
I guess, easier. Like you said, not to demonize people and not to mm. see people in a negative way. Like we have an ideas problem. We have an information problem. Well, there's two bad, really bad words. It's they and them. Mm. You know, they, you know, you know, you hear about the cyclists on the road, you know, people say, oh, they mm. ride. Yeah. They do yeah. this, them, they. And uh, one of my friends, Dan Matthews, told me about this. He's, he said, you know, that once you start talking about them and they, Oh, they're here. The cyclists do this. Like you're bunching them in a group, generalizing, yeah. and then you're demonizing that group. Mm. And people find that okay to, of course, they're not all like that. Yeah. Are you going to demonize car drivers <laughs> because there's three dickheads you've just passed in the last hour? Mm. You can't because you know everybody drives a car. But cycling, you you can because yeah. not everybody rides a bike, and they yeah. are dickheads. Yeah. Mm. You know because there's a f- couple. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, the they and them, once you start using those words in a you know, you believe it and everybody else starts, you know, demonizing that group and then bang it goes. And if you again, if you're grazing on weeds instead of good good grass, you know. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Know, um that's also gonna magnify that. And, and that would be like you go back to like the jihadi thing, like they're mm. reading a, an old book with bad ideas, mm. and that's the food. That's them grazing on on weeds mm. in a in a sense. And I think that yeah, that's sort of circles back to just having this like more information, and mm. that the fact that I think that if you're a person that is just seeking information, like and the right information, having an open mind mm. to the right information, like that's actually the ticket out of any fucking problem yeah. that, that you've uh, got, you know. And, and think, it has to start with yourself, yeah. And I think that's what Mark Elong's gonna try is trying to do with Twitter is mm. attach right information to tweets. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's well based off the TED thing that he was chatting about. But it's information that's and like, and that's what he'll it. say. Like he's like, I am so, I'm so obsessed with the right information. Yeah, like that's, it may not suit him or a group of people. Yeah. but that is the right information. But it's the right information. Yeah. That's what he, the tr- yeah. no, he's it, the truth. That's yeah. what he was saying. He's like, I'm obsessed with the truth, and the yeah. truth is the right information. And that's like his number one goal. If well, he hadn't secured Twitter when he had that did TED that talk, Ted, yeah. but like he has recent like got it, and he's like, that's what I want to do. It's but don't you find that frustrating if you're if you're trying to develop something or trying to do something, and somebody gives you information and knowingly gives you the wrong information? information. Just to either put you offside or, or send you down a different road or, or, you know, just so it suits them. Mm, yeah. Well, that's one of my... It's, I freaking yeah. hate that, you yeah. know, because you may like it or dislike it, but it has to be the right truth. The it truth, has, yeah. Not, not twist it around to suit a certain issue, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a certain thing. It's got to be There's the, one thing that I that lives with me that I just love is, like, you have to lie to yourself before mm. you can lie to somebody else. Yeah. And that's, like, the most demoralizing thing you can... For me as a person, that's the most demoralizing thing you can do as a human is to lie to yourself. Like if you're willing to lie to yourself before you lie to someone else, like, well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. like you have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you kind of like, it's got to go through you to get to someone else. You know, like, fuck. <laughs> that filter's broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you kind of like, fuck, it's pretty gnarly. Huh. So but, like, and that's yeah. what makes like a beautiful person doesn't lie to themselves you know like and we've all been i've done it hundreds and thousands of times until i had that information until it was present you know presented to me through readings or like well, that's like one plus one equals two yeah, like, like once you see it you can't not see it you know and that's just again it's just me taking the time like i wasn't searching for that information but when i was in my own space and i was reading and like i came across that you know and i'm like 
holy shit. So that's just a better idea. It's a better idea. Mm. So I'm like, and by me doing that, I'm a better person. And I'm going to tell that to the next person. I'm going to tell it to the next person. It's like, yeah, there's so much amazing information out there, you know, and that's the thing too. Like that person who's told you that isn't a very good person Mm. because they're fucking lying to themselves before they even tell you. The the thing too about the, the truth in terms of um you know like when you say like elon musk constantly searching for the truth the reason why i think that's important is because the closer you are to the truth is the closer you are to reality like there is a reality like there's an objective reality that's Mm -hmm. going on and then we're kind of like interpreting that reality but all of the suffering that you would go through in your life is a, a result of reality being this way and then you wanting it to be another way. That's yeah, literally okay. where yeah. like all of the all of the stuff like you've got a broken leg. There's like, all right, you've got a broken leg. The suffering really comes in is if in that moment you really fucking wish you didn't have a broken leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate it. Yeah. But if you yeah, just but, that's- but if you sit there and you're like, you got a broken leg, you're like, fuck, I have a broken leg. Mm-hmm. You might feel the pain and whatever, but that that. suffering is a different thing in terms of like wishing that it was a different way if you love a fucking girl and she doesn't love you back reality says she doesn't love you yeah your want of a reality says that you want you want to that girl to love you then that's where the suffering is the suffering Mm. in your life is always the disconnect between reality as it is and and reality as you want it to be so that's why like having the right information and knowing the trick what is fucking actually real and where where is reality right now and where and and where am i in relation to that reality yeah i've got a question for glenn Hmm. ask him why are the french so fucking good at downhill mountain biking oh they've got a good program always have had a good program and i think you know yeah, and when you have some heroes there that like you know Nicholas Vullier is mm, still in the, the program. Uh, yeah, they, been, the boys mentioned him a lot, eh? Yeah, Ooh. and you know he, you know, we're, again, is he still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I think he's racing enduros, or or he could be. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. Anyway, he Nico Nicholas is yeah hell of a nice guy. Has it got been, anything to do with French arrogance? They think they're that good, so they are that. I good. don't think they're arrogant, but they like in terms of thinking that they're the best. So like you get that you get this cultural thing that go that they French are the best the fastest downhill mountain bikers. I think it's more pride. Mm. Yeah, and it just I mean, drives they, it, they, but it drives them on, you know. They, they, I think they come across as that, and so, but so do the Germans, and so do you know. Um, yeah, I remember the English used to say the French are arrogant mm. until I started learning French, and you know when you. When you're in a bit of a bind, you know, you, mm. you know, parlez-vous anglais? Like, do you speak English? Because yeah. I, I really can't really navigate myself through this whole shopping list and working out different things, you know. <laughs> do you speak English? And no, monsieur. I think, I just heard them speak English and that person <laughs> over there. And I said, you bloody, Eng-, you know, you're bloody uh, arrogant. And then somebody said, no, no, you're Australian. Tell them, do they speak Australian? Uh. Parlez-vous Australian? Oh, we miss you. And started talking. <laughs> That's crazy. Because they didn't like the English. Wow. <laughs> because the whole English-French thing. No you know, way. War, you know, so as soon as they knew you were Australian. That was okay. a crazy fucking war. Oh, That yeah. was a real gnarly yeah, one. Yeah. That dragged out yeah. for a while. What do they call it? The Hundred Year War or oh, something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, no wonder that I know it's like big. It. Yeah, literally, it's like the Hundred Year War or something fucking crazy. Can you imagine being a war for a hundred years? Australia's only just been a country for a hundred <laughs> fucking years. How crazy is that? But the French, back on the French, look, their their programs have been very good. Uh, they have pride. Um, you know, they're bloody fantastic riders, and right back from day one, they have been fantastic riders. We Australians, we didn't have any amazing writers for a while and then we did and it's a trickle down effect it's mm. like a it's an inspirational thing what we were talking about before you know once you once we had an Australian that was like Nathan Rennie as world champion then all of a sudden we got a lot more mm. yeah yeah you know so it's, it, like, it's like three minute mile or whatever yeah yeah and and yeah yeah you know and you know backflips they never existed <laughs> until somebody did one mm. and then everybody did them and then it went on to a double to a plethora, yeah, triple. after uh, that and it's a kid gets born into the world and they start riding and they look at what's happening and that's just normal that's yeah. what every these old people are doing and you just replicate that yeah but if that hadn't existed you wouldn't be out so I, I think it's the same way you know when you get champions and mm. champions breed champions yeah yeah I think too like what I what I love I think the computer's going to die. That's all right. We don't need that one. Um, I think what's awesome too is like how much, you know, like EWS, for instance, like the, the enduro stuff, you know, they've, owned, they don't even have a broadcasting deal, you know, like, mm. and it's such a mental like sport. I'm so excited for what's to come with that, you know, like, and the fact that someone like Jack Moyer, for instance, can, can, you know, be try try to you know win that world cup win that world championship and downhill and then all of a sudden transitions over you know it was the same with tobes you know like mm. tobes is very dominant in you know his his desert and his and his enduro and all everything but it was it was dakar that really made toby price who he is today and it's what's made jack who he is today as well well jack isn't just design specific one style yeah, yeah. He, he is a yeah, and like a lot of other people. Yeah. Right? Jack is like not just one thing. Nah. But He'd be good at a lot of things, eh? But it's amazing that the sport has created, you know, it's it started of, you know, predominantly with the downhill stuff, you know, and yeah. it's growing so much now. It's creating multiple avenues for different riders to suit, you know, exactly their niche. Like it's just super Well, think exciting. about the, when the, the e-bike EWS really takes off mm. and then you see all the old guys that are like they're just out of their prime to keep mm. up with the young dudes like you'll have the Sams and the Vulios and all those mm. guys like mm. yeah it's just like more lanes are getting yeah. created and then it only did you see Glenn that um, the same people that did Drive Into Survive on Netflix the F1 series no they've signed um, to do the Tour de France that'll be crazy eh so this is the thing too like what 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 you know content and marketing and the masses has done for f1 is absolutely incredible you know they had four hundred thousand people at, to attend the the melbourne grand prix you know and the, the girls and the younger demographics and stuff was incredible yeah Just, look, apparently it looked like melbourne cup yeah no way. Yeah. but what like what this could potentially do with um you know with with the just cycle the, like, yeah. cycling in general and then obviously the the same federation runs the dakar so then that same business or another business, a lookalike they've tried to do with MotoGP with um, their, their series. MotoGP you know. Unlimited or something? <laughs> yeah, Unlimited. It's not mm. available in Australia on Stan, but, or, yeah, Stan. So that, that's going to like, it's going to be amazing what that does for cycling, you know, to 
to go from like mum and dad never watched F1, then they watched it and now they love it. You know, like it's just what mm. it's going to do for cycling and then potentially for enduro. And it's like and there's so much more depth in mountain biking. It's mm. as in it's like, going to be crazy. What, you, what's you look so at, accessible? You look at, say rally. Yeah. Right. It's a car, a big car going on a dirt road. Yeah. And people are pinned and look at, or, or even lane like swimming. Yeah. How yeah. many? You know, everybody watch racing at the Olympics. You know, you know our champions a lane this wide going down a swing pool mm. and you're just pinned to it so and that's just not so much a layer it's got a few layers to it but yeah. then you you just look at mountain biking compared to road mm. cycling there's a lot more things yeah. to play isn't there yeah, yeah but it's, it's again like that information too like mm. Icarus like God knows how many years Icarus you know blanketed the doping you know every cyclist is a dopist like mm. now to have something like you know, driving to survive for the tour where it's not about doping. It's not about, you know, it's not, it's, it's all about positivity and like the sport and the politics and the people. Like, I think for me, like that's what I love so much about these days with sports is like the marketing, the content, the influence that we have with cameras and like all this shit that you started with, like Mm. it's all plays a massive role into like, you know, spreading these types of, you know, sports and, and good actions and, and competitive nature and stuff into the masses for them to then potentially buy cycles, get in amongst it. And then it feeds like, I don't know if you follow like Rafa, for instance, like mm. what they've done with cycling mm. apparel is fucking mental. So sick, you know, co- collabing with like Paul Frank and like all these amazing yeah. artists. But it's like, I just love the fact that what with mountain biking it, it's it's really like shown <clears throat> where it started from the Coranda or whatever to like now just like it's just like f- reached out it's like that broken windscreen you know like yeah, the yeah, rock shattered, smashes yeah. and then you just got the crack and it's just yeah lines so, going everywhere and joining yeah. yeah so it's I mean it's just so sick to see like the, I just love view, viewing it from that perspective not not necessarily riding every day you know what i mean and was so, there a time like where it, it magnified for you like like did you notice a spike and was and what um, was that spike what was it from you know for you too like watching stuff over the years but what sort of really i think is it information me, i think for me it's like as a business owner and like essentially i like partaking in like activity you know mm-hmm. but i'm not the guy that's like going to buy all the like I've owned the same motorbike since 2018. Yeah. Like I've wear the same gear. Like I don't, I'm more like psyched on like, you know, like I'm an advocate for like high hype beasts and I like, you know, the latest trends and I like all like the information. I like the business side of it. And I love seeing like Rafa's had 300% growth in two years. Like, and that's just the cycling company that's taken mm-hmm. it from like, you know, cycling apparel to like boutique cycling apparel. And it's come from, but then like, that's more like what I love and that's been my love's grown for that as the information's been more accessible for me and companies have been established from the sport mm. you know and then this then that bounces back to me and then the platform and technology and socials and I think yeah. for me that's that's where the transition starts information and how accessible it is and where I find it and how it's delivered to me so I think that's like, it's not for me about like, as a person, it's not for me about riding a specific trail or like Derby definitely opened my eyes, but then like all the information that comes with it is like just me being a bit of an info geek, like 
Mate, me and Jace geek out about that shit for fucking hours and hours and hours and yeah, hours. Yeah, it's got to it's got to just be all like the just the accessibility, like the internet, mm. like watching, just being able to like be delivered the the yeah. visuals of it. You know, like yeah, I think driving that, to survives like the perfect example. I think for F one, you know, like there's how many on the grid, like how many kids actually, yeah, like get 20, us, twenty in seven billion. Yeah, like that's your chance of being that's an F one driver, but. Like the stock went from like you know twenty dollars to now what sixty seven dollars in did it you know like the the companies mm. like since the the US have brought it and the marketing and the the content and like all that sort of, like, like with EWS that's all I can see happening with that if it's done right mm. you know like in so many sports and that's where I think it's that's what excites me especially with like you know it, and predominantly I don't think Tesla would be what it is today if Elon wasn't such Mm. the marketing like it's the way they've done it like the marketing like all the information it's like it's mm. all beautiful isn't it yeah it's crazy it really is and that's the same like I would <laughs> never have seen flow if Specialized didn't do soil searching with you mm. like that moved me like that whole video with you was like incredible I was really? like yeah but that's what, oh yeah I felt the same it was, yeah it was that, so sick that to see. shifted like everything I'm like fuck like that place is incredible what glenn's doing is incredible like that's just information so i think for yeah. me like that's where the shift is and i don't know about mm. you Jace, yeah no it's it's the same yeah i i agree it's like you just the accessibility of being shown something and yeah. it's like it's aspirational they can like it can be delivered to you you know like you used to that was like the gripe back in the day you know dad's like fuck i gotta walk up this hill and i gotta do you know like yeah, fuck yeah. this while i stand up in the hill and get mm. fucking eaten by mozzies and you know just to see you for two seconds and that that's gone now you know like mm. you can just everyone can go to red bull bike or and and watch the races and just the the like creativity that the internet has been able to give people i think mountain biking mountain biking is probably always has been for me the benchmark of like filming in action sports i mm. think just have always had the best content like work the hardest to get content i think that and snowboarding yeah you know like the travis rice films like yeah. that that is the thing i think that really like pushes it out to the to the masses, like look you know? at Bryn too like that's what essentially what Bryn does right mm. like he's a content creator slash mountain biker like it's created so many amazing avenues yeah yeah. He's opened up a whole new world of sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, dude. That, that, you know. That, yeah. That's. And crazy. you know, he's he's so smart. Mm. You know, he can he can tell a dub sound mm. of a tire. You know, oh, no, that's not that's not coming from that tire, <laughs> or or you know, a shifter or something. Like he knows. Yeah. A ratchet. He was telling me, you know, there, there was quite a few things that he can pick up on that they go, no, that's that's been put in there. That's wild. That's crazy. Eh? But that's that's cool because he's in it so and he always has been mm. ever since yeah. day one. He's just like focused on it, you know. Yeah. So, so committed. It's crazy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not easy to do mountain bike filming either. I can tell people firsthand. Yeah, done it. <laughs> it's quite fucking hard to do. <laughs> Gentlemen, yep. we uh we've done three hours. Really? Done. Oh my god. Gone. Do we touch do we touch the bases? You had them there, so I think we touched I think, everything. I think we did. We didn't talk about the cape much, but we'll just, we'll just film it. Oh, the show cape people. is rad. We'll film it and show people. There. Yeah, yeah. I can't fucking wait for that, eh? And crankworks too. Oh, yes, fuck. we didn't talk about crankworks either. So no. yeah, that's the big. Pull the mic back up to your face. Oh yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. So crankworks. What's the dates for that? Oh, you can't ask me anything technical like that. No, I, don't know. I think it's third, October, third and ninth. October. Nah, no? Yeah, yeah. Six to three to nine. 
Is three it three to nine? nine? Is it? Yeah. Same as the Bathurst one thousand. Oh, is yeah. it the Hardy Friday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, great thing for Australia. It like EWS when it first came to Australia. That was yeah. just like we never thought we were going to get one of them, and Crankworks, and that's been boiling this for is, a this while. Is the number, I guess you could say, it's like not the the third fucking instalment, right? Like yeah. you've. Yeah, you had the World Cup, Derby. World Champs, Derby, oh, EWS, and now Crankworks. Yeah. What else is there to bring to Australia? There are many that's, more things. Is that's it? That's crazy. Yeah. That's the big ones, but... Yeah. Oh, so far, yeah. How oh, yeah, for mountain biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, How long has yeah. Crankworks the whole... I know... Three years? Yeah, you and I have been speaking about it for a long time. Oh, oh, how long? Yeah, we... I mean... You've been working on it for Darren yeah. came out and had a look at a few sites, and we got him up to Cairns Christmas three years ago and had a look at a couple of sites, and then we looked at the data and, and you know, looked at the height and, you know, slope analysis and stuff like that and then but look he he said something really wonderful and Who's i think Darren? uh canard he he owns crankworks okay awesome better check on that name make sure i don't mess that up <laughs> 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 but a great guy and um Daza. yeah he uh look he he looked at cans and you know the same thing as what the uci did with the world championship from the world cup you know it's like it's a beautiful place yeah, and 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 to have these events in beautiful places is is very important. Yeah, you know, and he fell in love with the place. He'd never been here before. He'd only seen it on TV with the World Cups and World Championships, and to stand and live, you know, to go out yeah, to, to actually be and, there. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and it is great. You know, so um, it's great for for Cairns. Uh, it's great for Australia, and uh, again, it was was going to go to Warburton along somewhere along the way too, and there quite a few other people threw their hat in the ring. And it's ended up in Cairns. Three years. Um, I think there's a three-year contract. And Sick. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, so the government's going for wanting to go more. I, th- I think Rotorua's got quite a, yeah, quite a few for, years. Forever, yeah, yeah. yeah, And it's a great place. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good thing, all that history. But it is um, – the announcement came 30 years after the first time we started talking about mountain biking in Cairns. So – Makes me feel old, that's for sure. You know, to be there, right there, to see. I never thought it was going to be like this. Yeah, and Crankworks yeah. is amazing. That's a spectacle. Again, it's different to. I think it's more of a spectacle. You know, it's going yeah. to be like a. F- the whole town will be able to get behind it. It'll yeah, be like yeah. a, it's almost like a festival. You know? And like you said, your, your dad's not going to be you know walking up a hill to yeah. see two seconds. He's going to stand there, and, and, and everybody else thing. is see the whole lot. Yeah. It's made for screen. You know, it's made for yeah, everything. So it's also be there too. Yeah, it's bloody beautiful. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Congrats on that. It's unreal. Yeah. You look good in the paper too, yeah, as yeah. always. <laughs> have yeah, you kept right. all the clippings? I, I no, opened, no. I opened my like socials and stuff this morning. It was just fucking. It was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, like, oh, Glenn. Hey. Yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty sick to be like hmm. to see the. I guess like the reception of it. You know, people are pretty pumped. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's gonna be amazing. And uh, yeah. The, Hope we're all there. Mm. I'm keen. Sure. Matty won't be. Yeah, I've got to be in three three places at one time. Mm. That's all right. We'll work her out. That's then. It's not long after. Well, you'll be able to see everything uh, when we go to the Cape. Yeah, you just ride yeah. past it, give it yeah. a wave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Glenn. Thanks I'm for having that, me. I'm stoked we got to do this in the in the studio. Look a couple of things up. Have some aircon. It's quite nice. And uh, might be the last yeah. time. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It was great having you on. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming, Matt. Thanks for making the trip. <laughs> <laughs> the trip, trip across the hall. 
I don't do these ever. So just do it more often, Matt. It's good to. Dude, yeah, I think you should. Nah, nah. Only, only when, only when you're on special, special occasions. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get some nice dinner. Let's get some Tucker into us. Yeah. Unreal. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, yeah. Early. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, there. Thanks. Good work, guys. Done.